All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the beautiful Barbarians podcast, broadcasting live from Clobber Jiu-Jitsu in Del Mar, New York. We are here again with Joe Cashin, uh, now just over a month into his um, his uh, solo career of yes, being a Jiu-Jitsu school owner. We are also here with the uh, the French tickler Ben. Ben, I like that tickler. actually. Ticklers. Get close up to the mic there, Ben. I like that tickler. Ticklers. Yeah, yeah. I always thought it should be the French Impaler, but French Impaler works too. You know, after after 10 p.m., he's a French tickler, I think. Classic uh, Warren Zevon reference. There we go. <laughs> Send lawyers guns and money. Absolutely. Um, so we just got done with a solid D class and. Saturday morning, getting the uh, the win in early. And Jeez, let's sell it a little better than solid, Chad. Come on. Okay. It was an a exceptional. Ex- exceptional. <laughs> exceptional <laughs> gee class where we learned loop yes. chokes from several different angles. And Absolutely. Just had a good time. Um, I really love the, the, the Saturday morning class here. Just yeah. phenomenal, man. Great yeah, group the, of people. Saturday mornings have taken off, and it's been really good. I mean, all the night classes are starting to take off. Even uh, lunchtime starting to get bigger crowds, bigger crowds. It's been really nice to have, you know, all the support from people. You know, I tell people all the time, I was talking to Ben last night, you know, you, you got all these people you know in this from doing jujitsu, all your friends from all sorts of stuff, and then, you know, to see everybody come in and support you, it's, it's a real humbling experience for me. It's been really cool. It's yeah. been really, really cool to see. And, you know, to see the guys that you're like, hey, man, I need a favor, and they drop on a hat, and they're they're there for you. you know? Yeah. You, you, you. That's what jiu-jitsu is all about, I think. You know, it's a camaraderie, training. And it's an amazing it. community. Yeah. It's an amazing Absolutely. community. Oh, yeah. I haven't, I have, I have, I mean, we, we all see the exceptions out. There's always exceptions to the rule. There's always at least one dickhead. Absolutely. But um, for the most part. I can name a lot more than one dickhead. <laughs> There's so many dickheads. <laughs> but I, I, I. This, the, the parallels with the jiu-jitsu community and like the strongman community it's such a niche group that there's such a bond you know you run into somebody and a complete stranger you talk to them and then mm-hmm. you start talking about how you both train and it's like you instantly have that connection and if there's if there's more of a community where you have the six degrees to Kevin Bacon you know by the time you talk to somebody you're like oh do you know this guy oh yeah I know this guy I know this guy the next thing you know it's like oh yeah you know my brother yeah, you know what I mean, and like you, you, you just get through that, go down that rabbit hole, and you just, you know everybody. It's such a, it's the biggest little community in the world. Yeah, you know because it is, it's kind of a niche thing still, but built around violently attacking each yeah, other. Yeah, it's basically a, it's civilized assault. But like <laughs> if you if you know somebody in New York who trains jujitsu, I bet you if you start talking to somebody else or somebody else in within jujitsu, they know that person yep. somehow, mm-hmm. one shape or another. I mean, I can't tell you how many times that happens to me. Yeah, I was telling Clobber yesterday. I said I took some time off, family things and everything, and then I came back. And what really did it for me is just walking back in the gym and everybody like, "Hey, how you doing?" Giving you a hug. It's like a family away from home, and that's hard to find. Absolutely. In, in whatever you train with, in you know, so yeah. that 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 was to me it was like wow yeah you know? what uh, uh what I always like to ask people especially new new people on the podcast what got you into jujitsu what got you into actually it was a random thing I actually a friend of mine I used to hang out with he uh, used to you know we uh, I always worked out a lot all my life and then he was like oh you should come and check out I'm taking jujitsu and. I said, what is this? He's like, just rolling around on the floor. And, you know, uh, that was his 
way of explaining to me. That was how he me. sold it, huh? Yeah. Wow. And uh, I was hooked from A lot the, of men on men I was going to say, you're, you're, pretty, uh, you're pretty easy to sell stuff to, huh? <laughs> and uh, so I went to the first class. I checked it out. And then uh, I took a class not too long after, and I was hooked. That was it. Did you start here? Or did you were you start? Did you start in Canada? No, I actually started in Massachusetts. Okay. Uh, and you know, and for me, um, yeah, I've been to a few schools, and what really sold me on Joe's school and Brian's school mm -hmm. is the instruction. It's like unparalleled. To, like to me, I'll, I'll. It's worth driving an hour away for yeah. to come here because. The extent, the instructional is, to yeah. me, like the best I've had. So, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It's, it's, it's definitely a. You know how when you when you talk to somebody about like a, uh, a uh, an, an ethnic restaurant, the litmus test for me for a good ethnic restaurant is how many people of that ethnicity are in there eating. Yeah. If you walk into a Vietnamese restaurant and it's nothing but white people, it's not a good Vietnamese restaurant. If you walk in there and you don't hear a lot of English. It's a good Vietnamese restaurant. Same thing goes with, with I think, jiu-jitsu schools. If you go in there and you pull in the parking lot and you see license plates and they're from multiple states, you've probably found a good one. Because like you said, people aren't going to drive an hour for mm -hmm. shit instruction. And that's what I noticed with Brian's and that's what obviously what's happening here with Clobbers is just, mm. you know, I mean, hell, we go, we go to Brian's on Tuesday, Thursday, and you got half the Massachusetts crew in there. Yeah, and Massachusetts, come down from Vermont. Vermont. Yeah. It's and amazing. I mean, it's, it's 45 minutes hour rides for guys it's you know i always look at it and there's two reasons people choose a gym for jiu-jitsu mm -hmm. first one is proximity yeah and that'll always be there's there's going to be certain people that just you know what a 20 minute ride's too far right. i just want something closer so you're always going to get people for proximity but what's going to bring in people from all around and we got guys who are driving 40 minutes from caro 40 minutes from you know down near hudson we got people driving from all over because i like to think that through what brian has taught me and through you know studying and, and taking this seriously mm -hmm. the details the devil yeah. is in the details man the little things adjusting your grip here knowing this this little little maneuver that's going to give you that that excellence that you're craving you know everybody mm -hmm. always wants to come in and wants to progress fast but they don't understand that there's there's so many little details that you have to yeah. master um i always say people at black belt level they all know the moves they all know the same moves but it's who's better at the details and that's what it ultimately comes down to is if you can show people the good details and you can show them these things that are going to make them better jujitsu players, then they're going to want to come from all over to find you. Yeah. Um, but again, that, that, that comes from taking this seriously. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't help but see so many people around this area, around other areas who are getting stagnant. You know, they're not pushing themselves anymore. They're just kind of comfortable doing what they do. And to me, that's just such a travesty. You know, I feel like if you're not learning in this, like jujitsu changes. What happened 10 years ago in jujitsu doesn't fly not at now. all the same anymore. That's yeah, it's it's just a different beast. You know, I can remember when I first started jujitsu. It was probably two years in. It was like they're doing this fancy thing called the barambolo, and it was like, oh, high level black belts doing this thing called the barambolo. Now you go to a kid's white belt you know, tournament, and you got the one kid who's doing Baron Bowls. Yeah. You know, it's it's just, that that is now just a staple of the, the game. It's, yeah. it's, everything progresses. So if you're not consistently learning, and I said this during the kids' class today, that you can never learn too much. You can never, you gotta never stop learning. Yeah. Because you always have to be doing your research because you have to know what the trends are. You have to know what's coming, what's up and coming. Because even if you don't wanna do it, you gotta know how to defend it. Absolutely. You know, buggy chokes. Do you think I'm gonna buggy choke anybody? You have the same probability of buggy choking somebody as I do. Right. I'm, a, I'm like a piece of 
two by four. I, I don't have a whole lot of bend in me. But I'll tell you right now, I'm I've learned how to defend it because I don't need some flexible guy coming in and just Buggy put me up. to sleep. Yeah. Uh, I mean, jujitsu is so humbling because you can, no matter what level you are, if you're coming out of the, uh, from the street, and then you get this. 14 year old kid that just like wipes you off the mat and it's uh it's humbling and not a lot of not everyone can deal with that so yeah to put your ego aside and say well it's probably it's part of the learning mm -hmm. well, and you know I, i'm gonna get better eventually well look look at here man. it's hard i mean know? we got 15 year old kid who's an absolute stud Mm -hmm. I mean, he doesn't. The, the, the scary thing is, he doesn't realize it yet. Mm -mm. But you no, watch he's him. Gonna be, he's going to be a goddamn. He, I mean, he almost put Doug to sleep today. Yeah. You know, off of a choke that we showed him last week. Mm -hmm. You know, he's just. I watch him hit firemen carry takedowns on full grown men. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's. I'm just. I'm so like. And he comes from Schenectady, to come and train here because his parents trust me. Yeah. Which is to me is awesome. I, I love mm -hmm. that. You know, yeah, they, they like the atmosphere. They like. How I teach, they like everything about it. So they, they come a farther distance. They drive by two schools so yeah. they can come here. Yeah. For me, that's that's like, wow. I'm like, I, I appreciate that. They obviously see the value in what I'm doing. So, like, I, I love it. Yeah. You know, what gets me out of the bed in the morning, man, though, is, is I, I love teaching. And I, I can't help it. I love being able to show people and instill some knowledge and, and just help them out. I like helping people. Uh, Brian? And, and bills. Well... Listen, man, I'll tell you right now, if, if they told me that my, my bills were covered and I didn't have to do anything and, you know, I didn't need any extra money, I would do this full time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. absolutely you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, I just, you know. Do what you love. You never work a day in your life. Exactly. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, what that's I was going to say. Me. You know, I just, I, I just, I love this. Like I said, you know, people, I tell people all the time, they're like, oh, what time does your day start? Well, certain days it starts at 4.30 a.m. or 5 a.m. Get up, let the dog out, you know do what I got to do around the house, get to class here in the morning for 6.30, teach, get on the road for work, come back here, teach. They're like, man, like your full day, you must be exhausted. I'm like, not at all. I'm so energized. I don't drink coffee. I don't do any of that stuff. I am, I'm so naturally energized by what I'm doing now. It's unbelievable. Right, well, well, there's, this, great. there's this saying out there that a lot of people say, oh, well, you go work for somebody for eight hours and then you go home and watch TV. Why don't you spend some time working on your passion? Yeah. And I think that's what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, it's awesome, you know. Uh, yeah, you have to, yeah. You, you can't, we've become this society of, of just, the, the one thing I hate about current culture is this, this grind mentality, this hustle mentality, this, this, always working mentality it's like okay that's cool but if you are constantly governed by what's in your bank account you're gonna miss all of life yeah. sometimes sometimes I, I i know from experience some of the best times in my life i didn't have a goddamn dollar to my name mm -hmm. but the experience was amazing road trips as a high schooler you know what i mean like just 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 going and fucking off for a week you know what's funny is i had the same conversation with my therapist yesterday yeah and i, I told her i was like listen I was like, life almost seemed simpler when I would go home, you know, I'd work a shift at my dad's bar, I'd have 200 bucks in my pocket for the week. It just seemed like life was like, you know, you just, it almost felt like you were, you were just carefree. Yeah. You know, it was just a different mentality. It was, it was kind of strange, but I, I had that same conversation about it where like, you know, sometimes you get so focused on the almighty dollar and, and you just, you forget to live. 
you miss you miss all yeah. the stuff yeah. like you know if you're you know that's and that's cool i don't want to i don't want to you know uh, discount anybody who's out there sitting there and, and you know 24 7 making that money and you know hey you know what maybe they are re- going to retire at 43 with you know a couple million in the bank yeah. cool and then maybe they have the time after that to go and build experiences but i really think time and place are key like there's there's some stuff you do when you're 25 that yeah. you're not going to get that same experience no, when you're sure. 47 yeah for sure you well, know look at steve mean? jobs man that yeah. dude had every yeah. dollar you could imagine. He was one of the wealthiest men in the world. Cancer didn't care. No. Well, you know what I mean? No. Do you think he would have given all that money so that he could have another two years with his daughter or his well, family? No doubt. Well, Steve Jobs was a dipshit and tried to treat cancer with, like, essential oils. So I understand. You know. <laughs> when it comes to cancer, they when it comes to cancer, go see a doctor. Folks. I, I bet they were the purest essential oils you could get, though. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure they were probably ten thousand yeah. dollars an ounce. Yeah. He was rubbing pure peppermint right on his yeah. tumors. Right on his yeah. tumors. Didn't work. A, no. You know what though? He was the best smelling person in the cancer. He world. was. He did. He smelled good. Is that eucalyptus? Oh, yeah. Jobs must be back. It's lovely. <laughs> lovely. It's like what they used to do during the plague. Yeah. yeah. Ring around we'll the rosy. Throw some rose hip on there and yeah. hope you don't die. Good luck, fucker. Yeah. Put a leech on it. But yeah, that's the thing. It's like, you know, um, we can't go do something you love. You got to go take a risk. You got to go do something dumb and fun and mm-hmm. just, you know, fuck the cost. Some, some, I mean, obviously yeah. you have to be responsible, but you can't sit there and be like, oh, I got to, I got to make every dollar I can every minute I can. My, my wife, who's a much wiser person than I am always says you can always make more money yeah absolutely you, you know like especially when it comes to like times with our kids as they're young yeah she's never like, get you, that back she's like you can always make more money but you cannot make you know your oldest that, daughter three again four right. again five again. absolutely you know so to take advantage of these times you got with her because she's only going to get older and then she's going to be less and less dependent on you and you're going to crave these times again mm-hmm. yeah. so we we try to do our best and i you know i'll be the first one to admit sometimes i I fail at that, and I need to get better. I try my, I try to enjoy that time. I, I need to try to enjoy that time more. Sure, sure. But I'm co- more cognizant of it now than ever. But the nice thing is, and the, the, the good thing is, too, getting back to that hustle and grind mentality, you're not selfishly motivated by what you're doing. No. You know, just like I'm not. No. I, well, I mean, sometimes I am. We all are. But, you know, It's okay to be selfish. Every, it is okay to be selfish, but everything I'm doing... I don't make a move unless it's now for the betterment of my child. Sure. Of course. You know, yeah. and that's, I mean, I could, I could understand how a big bank account can help your kid, but if daddy or mommy's always working, they don't have the, and angry, the, mm. the childhood, they're stressed. Yeah. Right. Just, just stress. It's like, you know, maybe, yeah, it's, it's, it's life is an experience. You're not going to take that money with yeah. you. Who life goes shit? by fast too, man. It does. I mean, a friend of mine, not too long ago, there was a car- carnival next to my house that I used to take my son when he was like six. And now my son's 16. And a friend of mine was like, Oh, I just took my son. He's a little guy. He's growing so fast. Mm. I had a meltdown. And I said, well, I can understand what you're going through because my son, who's your son's age now that I used to take to the carnival, asked me to take my car tonight and go to the carnival with his buddies. So, yeah. you know. Cruising for chicks. Yeah. That's, I mean, it flies by. Or I mean, guys, whatever, you know, full disclosure. Hey, it's 2020. Everything floats your boat. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. Go cruising for. Just wash your hands. Cast iron skillets. Yeah, just clean up your mess. Just afterwards. wash your hands. Um, 
So I want to. So this is an experience I want to. I want to ask you about Joe because be, the while the the adult classes have been growing slowly, the kids classes here are absolutely freaking bananas. <laughs> they are. You. I come in. And sometimes I'll help you teach them when I'm down here, but mm -hmm. come in and there are 20 kids mm -hmm. from age four to 12 on this mat. And it is a experiment in entropy and chaos. Yes. I want to know, doing this for a month now, what have you gotten out of teaching 16 to 20 kids with a seven year mm -hmm. Gasp, age range from four to twelve or eight year. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I can tell you right now. First off, I have nothing but respect for teachers. That's the one thing that I will I will say I took have taken the most. I live with a teacher, which has been helpful, um, and she, my wife, has been a extremely great resource mm -hmm. because she's trained in how to handle classroom management how to you know take care of this type of thing where you know she's got a gymnasium where she's the only teacher on she's got 36 students and she's got to try to keep them going around and she's dealing with hormonal high schoolers who are you know she's got to make sure they're not finger banging off in the corner oh, or, or okay. doing all sorts of weird shit so that escalated quickly so she um <laughs> it's dodgeball karen <laughs> right. stop it exactly so she's she does she's been a, a great resource for me to kind of help me out when it comes to structuring the classes um one thing that i focus on and i've been trying to focus on in every class is that never turning my back to the class mm -hmm. i always try to i'm trying my best now to to circle the perimeter so mm -hmm. I can see everybody, so that I can actually understand what people are struggling with, what they're seeing. Now, what's the reason for not turning your back to the class? Because if you have your eyes on them the whole time, then you have a greater chance of seeing everything. It's kind of simple, but it's, it's if I'm watching them, even in my peripheral vision, I can see what some groups are doing. Mm -hmm. Or if somebody, to be honest with you, I mean, you know, you're going you're to have those kids in class that when you're watching them, oh, this is fun, coach. And then as soon as you turn your back, Fuck that guy. Mm. So it gives me a chance to actually see. Do I, you know, and that's a crude way of putting it, but do I see that if my back's turned? No. Do I see them, you know, unnecessarily hitting another student, poking right. another student, pinching another student? No, I won't see that if my back's turned. So it's just better for me. And, and, I, and I'm learning a lot about classroom management from my wife. Yeah. Um, another thing is, you know, I used to line them up on the line. Now I put circles down so that they have a dedicated spot to sit on. It's basically I'm just trying to control. Mm. I'm just trying to control where they are and make sure that they are able to focus. Because if we lose one kid and the kid is just takes down the entire class, then we lose control. It's a so, domino effect. Yeah. One kid needs to go to the bathroom. Next thing you know, half of them need to go to the exactly. bathroom. Exactly. And it can be easy to maintain the kid's focus when you have such a wide range in age group mm -hmm. also. you know. So. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I... I love working with the kids. I will say that. I love, there, there's nothing better to me than when you see a kid, you teach that technique to a kid, they finally kind of get it, mm -hmm. and then they hit it and put it in practical application when we're doing some of the drills. Yep. And then you just see them, they're like, like oh my gosh, like I, I, I did it, I did it. Like you just see that joy that they're coming overcoming. I mean, that's, again, that's one of those things that gets me out of bed in the morning. Right. But some also don't realize it they don't realize that they're doing it no it's just a thing and then you're like oh my god they're doing it yeah but they don't realize. No, they it. don't know yeah. how capable they are that's, exactly that's the one thing that I, i've noticed and 
you know, I want to make sure that I'm trying to help instill confidence in kids. That's one thing that I, I don't need a room full of bullies. I just don't want a room full of victims. You know, I want our kids to feel comfortable in any environment that's thrown their way. The world sucks and they have to adapt to it. And it's, it's a harsh reality that they have to face. And I just want to make sure that our kids are equipped so that they physically feel confident enough in any situation that that doesn't bring them down. Um, you know, again, we've got some kids that are coming into the adult classes even. You know, we've got a 17-year-old kid with, with autism now, which is incredible. I love working with him. Uh, we've got, you know, a bunch of 14, 15-year-old kids. I love, wor I love working with the youth. I really do. Not that I don't enjoy working with, with the adults and everything like that, but, you know, I just I love the kids – the energy I feed off the kids energy let me ask you because this is something I, I work on or I, I I talked about a lot with my daughter she's four mm -hmm. she started doing jujitsu I think she's been doing it for most of the summer now and people ask me they go well, well how is she at jujitsu I go well she's four yeah she's completely trash at it yeah but she's four mm -hmm. she's not going into a tournament next week but what she does now have a familiarity with is a a student instructor environment. She's now comfortable walking into a gym. She's mm -hmm. comfortable walking into a jiu-jitsu school. She knows the dynamics. She knows that that relationship. She knows that familiarity. So when she is six, seven, eight, and ready to actually start taking it seriously, you know, because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Tiger Woods's dad. I'm not pushing my daughter to be the next, you yeah. know, Mackenzie Dern, <laughs> right? Yeah. Or yeah, I, I don't expect that. I want her to come in here. I want her to have fun. I want her. At the end of class, when we're driving home, say, Daddy, that was fun. Yeah. I can play with my yeah. friends. Yeah. Because I'm not, I don't care how good her arm no. bars are. I don't Nobody care should. what her mount game is. I don't care if she's getting heel hooks. I just care that she's in there. She has an activity. She's building a bond. She's building a place in the community. <clears throat> and she can go and now feel comfortable. I can bring her to Brian's. Mm -hmm. I can bring her here to Clobbers. I could bring her to another school. Mm -hmm. And she knows, no matter what school she's at, she knows the dynamics. She knows what's expected of her. And that's a building block that she can use now. She uses it gymnastics. Mm -hmm. She knows the student-teacher relationship. Yep. She uses it in a swim class. She knows the student-teacher relationship. She's going to use it in school in about a year. That was the biggest if, thing for my daughter and me. I sent her to school, well, I don't know if I want to get her indoctrinated yet. Okay. Well, that's 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 your choice. I agree. Um, but <laughs> my, that was we're looking into we're looking into sovereign citizen boarding schools. Gotcha. And I think I changed a lot because the world. I mean, from when the time we grew up to now kids are not brought up the same way so they're, they're you know and, and i'm not saying at the the household level i'm talking about out of the house mm -hmm. you know in mm -hmm. school and things like that there, there's not as many as much structure as it seems like there was when we sure were growing up oh, i think there's more structure today. you do i no. think there's yeah. an overuse of structure that's the problem today. the problem is is that there's 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 too much activity now that's been one thing that me and my wife have been very cognizant about with our daughters is they are they they choose to come to jiu-jitsu we want to make sure that we're not overwhelming our, yeah. our kids and making them do too much we want to allow them to also be kids right now i'm very proud of my daughters and i think that they're both very well adjusted little girls mm -hmm. and i think it's because they get enough time to where they they're not just they're not on this rigid schedule where it's like ba -da -ba -ba -da -ba, we're gonna be here 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 they get a chance to just have creative time mm -hmm. my daughter my oldest daughter loves drawing she loves doing art stuff i'll just go home and she'll be just sitting there drawing you know it's like oh well, we we said you could have some downtime she's like yeah i just chose to draw 
Like, to me, that's awesome. I love that. And I think it's because we're not forcing anything down her throat. She told yeah. me for her birthday, she's like, I want to come to the gym, I want to train, and then I want to go to art class. That's phenomenal. I was like, that's, that's, that's amazing. I, I love it. I you're, abs- you're raising a future Rose Scholar. Well, and I, 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 <laughs> no, she wants to be a vet. She told me she wants to be a veterinarian because she watches the Rose Scholar, too. She watches... That uh, just means they get really good grades in college. Yeah. She watches Heartland Docs on Disney+. Plus. Hmm. And she uh, she loves that. Which actually, the doctor. I may have to bleep that because I don't want to get sued by Disney. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> well, it's 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 promotion. I, they don't but care. One of the uh, one of the one of the women in there actually grew up in our hometown, or next to us, I should say. So cool. my daughter watches it and she absolutely loves it. But that's good, man. It's it's. I really enjoy seeing kids just interested mm-hmm. in stuff, and it's obviously this is this has come about now having my own child. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you 100%. I don't pressure her into anything. Mm-hmm. I, if I ask her, I go, hey, do you want to go to jiu-jitsu tonight? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Do you want to go to jiu-jitsu tonight? No, I want to sit at home and I'd like to play with my toys or play with the trampoline or, or just watch my iPad and relax. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? Cool. I, I don't mind that. I'm the only all. one in my house who has to be here. That's yeah. what I always tell my wife. I always tell the kids. I'm the only one who has to be here because right. I have to instruct. But other than them, I want them to feel comfortable. And you know what? My girls both... Hey, what are we doing tonight? Well, we're going to our gym. You know, this is our gym. This is our family gym. When somebody comes in through the doors, that's the type of mentality we like to we like to kind of instill. You're part of this family. You know, and it's not in like a weird cultish way. It's just, you know, we're we're all we're friendly. I want you know, it's very important for me. And and I was talking to Brian about this, and we were talking about like a seven day trial for a gym. For seven day trial, for as much as it's for the person who's trying to see if this is the type of place they want to train. It's just as much for me, man. Mm, I want to see if that person's going to fit in. Mm. And you see, I mean, we're building a pretty nice team here where we've got a lot of like-minded people. We've got a lot of really nice people who all want to work, and they're all pretty, you know, everybody doesn't take themselves too seriously. There's not assholes. They're they're all pretty friendly. Um, And that's important to me. And I want them to feed off of that. You know, for me, I love this. So I want to make sure that they love this. Yeah. And if they're going to come in here sour and fucking miserable and they're going to, oh, I got tapped out. I'm going to go home and, you know, I'm going to punch the door or something like that. Like, get the fuck out of here. I don't want you here. Yeah. I mean, you can't push stuff on kids also because that's when they start resenting things, yes. you know. Yeah. Then the, and then I think parents sometimes are like, well, uh, living vicariously through their kids. 100%. They're like, oh, I want oh, yeah. you to do this, do this. And then when the, the, the child rebels... And it's like, I have enough. I don't want to do this anymore. They don't understand. Yeah. yeah. Well, Chad, yeah, there's, Chad there's knows hurt, too. I mean, there's hurt feelings on both sides. And all of a sudden, the kid resents the parents. And the parents are like, well, I'm just, I'm doing this for your good. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, well, no. No, you're doing this because you have regrets and you want to force it on your kid. And one of the things I, I am fortunate, the perspective I have is that everything I haven't done in life that I've wanted to do. It's, it just you chalk it up as a loss. You keep going forward, mm-hmm. you know. I, but my goal with my daughter is to introduce her to as much stuff as possible. Yep. And I hope something clicks with her, because nowadays with the schools, it's so isolated with social media and kids on their phones and, and mm-hmm. clicky. It's like I want to make sure my daughter has a fallback. So if she doesn't get along with with people in her school, that's fine. 
she has her gymnastics team or her swim team different or outlets jiu-jitsu yeah. stuff absolutely it's like, you know what i don't need to be the popular kid in school yeah. because i have these three other communities that love me and i am i am a benefit to and they're a benefit to me and by not caring if she's the popular kid she'll yeah. probably end up being the popular kid yeah you or know just, what i mean or just yeah. Or just my greatest hope is that she can just coast through school yeah. without much friction. Without having to deal is, with all the bullshit. Because she's experienced the friction here on the jiu-jitsu mats or experienced the adversity trying to learn stuff in gymnastics or trying to learn mm-hmm. stuff in, in swim class. You know, I want her to face as much adversity as possible before she gets out in the real world. So when the real world does give her a shit sandwich, she's like, yep. this is nothing new. Well, I, I mean, it's I've been no, doing this since I was four years old. It's, it's no different than what I tell the kids after every class, and, and usually during class. And it sounds like I always tell them it's a cliche, but for me, it's what matters. I, I don't care about how good you are at jujitsu. It kind of circles back to your point earlier. I don't care about how good you are at jujitsu. I don't care about how how well you hit that double leg. I don't care that you got tapped out. I don't care that you you know you were the just got beat up all class. As long as you have a positive attitude and you give me your maximum effort, that's all I'll ever ask of a, of a kid, especially. Yeah. I just want them to put in that effort. That's yeah. all I want. You know, that's the biggest thing is just getting that out of them. I think that right now everybody's, for as much as they give out participation ribbons, I think this is a really, really good thing for kids to experience. There's no, there were, I'm not giving out any trophies. I'm not giving out any medals. Maybe occasionally I'll give out a kid a stripe or something like that. But, you know, I, I'm... It's much bigger than that. You know, we're trying to give them confidence. And they may not see it right off the bat, but I can tell you a lot of the parents do. Yeah. And, you know, and that's that's a really mm. important thing that that these kids I'm hoping are taking. And and I always try to instill that mantra into them. And it's, it's good for them for school. It's good for them for everything. Attitude and effort. Yeah. Those are the only two things you can control. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't control what Billy's going to do. You can't control what the teacher's going to do. You can't control what the ref's going to do, what the what your the other coach is going to do. What your you can't control what your mom and dad are going to do. Mm-hmm. All you can control is your attitude and your effort level. Right? Yeah, and I think that goes for every aspects of life because whatever I go through here and you know bad days, good days, mm-hmm. well I feel like it prepares me to be ready for whatever happens out there yeah you know life is gonna throw you curveballs all the time and hell yeah you know when you're when you're when you're stuck in a match and someone's literally cutting off the air and blood flow to your brain guess what yeah when you accidentally drop your coffee it's not that serious it's like wow two hours ago i was literally in a life or death struggle even though it wasn't true life or death sure if Close as you're gonna get. As close as you're gonna get without actually being in danger. Yeah. It's like this this adversity, this this crucible prepares you because it gives you the most extreme version of something in a safe, controlled environment. So when you go out into the real world, it's like it really isn't that bad anymore. I gotta tell you though, being that person on top, choking somebody to where you know that they're that close. Yeah. I think we had that conversation the other day. Dude, it's a fucking... That's the the greatest high in life. There's nothing nothing like the feeling of dominating somebody and then being in a a position where, like, you're saying to yourself, no matter what that person does, I'm... It's just, it's a great feeling. It's like walking into a room and and I do this, you know, I don't want to say I do this a lot, but I'm more sensitive to it. But you walk into a room and you look around and you're just like, all right, like, I feel like I'm all right. 
feel like I'm going to be okay. You know, I feel safe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. not really worried about it. These guys look like a bunch of soup sandwiches. Like, you know, I'm not too worried about. Brian somebody... said that on the podcast too. He's yeah. Like, he's <laughs> talking about. It. He's like. He's like. Yeah. He's like. I walk in a room. And I'm not worried about a damn thing. I go clearly. <laughs> you're. You're the only 180 pound man. I'm deathly afraid. Terrified. Of. <laughs> right. Isn't it Joe but Rogan I mean, that not... said? Uh, some people were asking, why do you do jujitsu? You know, why do you get a trill out of rolling with sweaty dudes and stuff like that? And he says, well, if you and I were in a fight, that would kill you. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's such a great way to just teach adversity and teach humility. Humility is mm -hmm. a big thing, man. And I yeah. love it because you're not... You don't get that any. I don't think you get that anywhere else to this degree. You know, it's it's not. And like going back to what you said way at the beginning, the amount of strength it takes as a say we're going to go with say a middle aged man to start something new mm -hmm. and come out there and step on the the jujitsu mat or just just even as a twenty year old, twenty five year old, you're starting back at zero. And you are getting your ass beat for mm -hmm. the first, let's say, year or two years. Just smoked every day, every time you come in. Mm -hmm. And the, the amount of humility and perspective that gives you is just, it's, it's priceless. Mm -hmm. It makes you such a better person. Oh, absolutely. Because that humility teaches you. Loss teaches you so much more than winning. And loss in a training environment teaches you so much more than loss in a in a competitive environment. If you lose a competition, you can think of 700 excuses why you lost. Mm -hmm. If you come in here and day after day you're getting tapped and you're getting beaten up, you're like, okay, this is now normal. I need to now adapt and learn and evolve to start winning. I was going to say, I have such a problem calling it loss when it's training. Training is, training is when right. you are trying to work on things. Right. To me. Like, you know... You can't treat every round in training like it's the ADCC finals. You can't train like that. It's not sustainable, but also you're not going to grow. You know, right. that's one of the most humbling things for me when I go down to White Plains and I go train with guys like JT and I train in that room full of killers. And it's one of those situations where you just see these guys and they're all working on their stuff. They're all, everybody's working, you know, everybody's giving their A game and everybody's giving their max effort, but they're all working, they're all trying to get better. They're not concerned about, oh, I got tapped out in training. They're not concerned about, oh man, you know, I've just, I, the, I got mopped up today. I just got my ass kicked all day. They're all saying like, oh man, like I can't wait until ADCC, I'm so ready. Yeah. I can't wait till New Haven, I'm so ready. I can't wait till Vegas, I'm so ready. Everybody's just ready. You know what let, I mean? Like, let me let me put push back against you real quick, because that I 100% I agree with you, with at that level too, and even at a competitive level. Like, even at, uh, for you and Brian and for me, like nine times out of ten, I'll walk out of a training session where I got my ass beat, and be like, okay, yeah, I got my ass beat, but everybody I got my ass beat by was high level black belts. Mm -hmm. I was able to hold my own against purple belts, blue belts, some brown belts, you know. But I think for the for the layperson or the enthusiast who isn't competing, this is a win or lose situation for them. And them being okay with quote unquote losing and being comfortable with that and learning from it, I completely agree with you. 
but I, I think that for a non-competitive layperson, it is it is a loss to them. But learning how to keep it a loss and not make it a mistake because a, make, a mistake is something you repeat. Sure. But keeping it a loss and then coming back and being like, okay, I lost again, but when they tried to get me in that rear naked choke, I fought my way out of it and then I got caught in an arm bar. Sure. But hey, last week I got caught in the rear sure. naked choke, but now I know how to, you know what? So it's like, it's it's loss and then it's an evolution. It's so what about Bob, man? Yeah. It's baby steps. And I think going yeah. back to what right. I said. I, like, I don't know what Bill Murray has to do with jujitsu. Well, it's a, first of all, it's a fucking <laughs> fantastic movie. And I, I, I took some uh, psychology classes in, in college and that was one of the movies they watched during it. They're like, this movie is just fucking awesome. They're like, it's just chock full of great references and great like, you know, just just textbook definitions so yeah, that, yeah. you know sure but but really i mean like that movie is is fucking choice for that because it really is like i'm baby stepping <laughs> i'm baby stepping <laughs> like just you know bill murray is always able to put like a funny spin on things mm -hmm. but like the, the message is still pretty freaking rock solid like it is it's about baby steps you know everybody thinks they're going to make this great leap mm. and are there times where you make a great leap and you're just like oh i've, I've just i turned a corner absolutely I was talking to Brian, and I'm still in this. I, I was talking to him about a Rudiman. I just can't seem to finish people right now. And I don't know what it is. It doesn't matter if it's a white belt, a black belt, whatever. I, I'm just in a rut where, like, I don't feel like I'm finishing people as well as I should. Yeah. I get in those sometimes. But sometimes I, it's a week. Sometimes it's two days. Sometimes it's a month. I get in them. You know, uh, but you just got to work your way out of it and just keep doing, you know, that's why I always preach position before submission. Positions will always be there. I think it goes back also to, uh, you know, the concept of try to get better, like 1% better every day. Yeah. Whenever yeah. you're training or, but I think that doesn't only go for jujitsu or, or lifting weight or whatever you're into. I think it goes to every aspects of life. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, each day that I get up and if I come training, I want to get 1% better here, but I also want to get one percent better as a father as a individual in general so and i think i think jiu-jitsu helps you with all of that and you know you have people training in all aspects of life you have people that are doctor people that are ceos mm -hmm. people that are drug uh, yeah, dealers exactly you know and it's all it's a community that comes together and it doesn't matter who you are or what your background is no, so yeah. It's, it's. There's something to be said about yeah. it. Yeah. No, man. I mean, like, listen. That's the good thing about jujitsu is once you step on the mats, it doesn't fucking matter. Mm. It doesn't matter what you are. I don't care. If, like you know, we've got guys who are high level ranking guys at the state of New York. We got guys who are fucking bums that scrounge together their their monthly dues. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. On jujitsu mats, you're fucking Bill. You're Ted. You're you know Sam. You're Phil. Whatever. You just you are who you are. Yeah, you know, and it's just that's uh, that's a great experience too. I mean, I, I think, you know, you look at like everything that goes on in the world. I mean, you look at if everybody had that approach, fuck, we'd be able to take the next step towards the next level in our, our future. Mm -hmm. Instead, we get so bogged down with all the nonsense of trying to separate people into different classes, separate people into different buckets here and there, and it's just like, why can't we all just be human? Mm -hmm. You know, it's just and and. Maybe it's the, the threat of violence that there is in jiu-jitsu that, that makes people a little more, you know, open to, to letting their guard down and letting all their, their other notions, you know, not, not take over their life here. You know, but when was the last time you were sitting there rolling with somebody and they were like, well, are you a Democrat or Republican? 
<laughs> you know, oh, how do you feel about, are you pro-choice? Yeah. Yeah, you know, nobody, that just doesn't happen here. No. It, even when you're bullshitting in the locker room and that stuff starts happening, like, people are just like, yeah, okay, man, whatever. Yeah. You yeah. know, nobody cares. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's, it's, um... That's not to say you shouldn't care about stuff, and I'm not trying to, you know, marginalize something like pro-choice or, or, you know, you know, anti-abortion people, but I'm just saying, like... No, you can you can totally marginalize anti-abortion people. Yeah, I I'm, mean, I'm listen, for it. listen, everybody has their has their opinion, man. Sure, and it, it's and it's, it's right or right it's or wrong. Their body and their choice. Right. If you're anti-abortion, don't get a fucking abortion. Yeah. If you're pro-abortion and you need to get an abortion, get a fucking right, abortion. Right, or, yeah, right or wrong. I mean, listen, yeah. I'll, I'll, full disclosure, I'm pro-gun, pro-choice. Me you know too. what I mean? Like, it's yeah. weird. So I'm not, I'm not fucking. I don't like to fit myself in. Fuck it. Start yeah, using guns Canada, to do abortions. Pro, pro guns. Just start skeet shooting them right <laughs> out of your vagina. That's why you're down here, Ben. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably that's probably a horrible statement to edit out, but <laughs> pull. Yeah. Man, pull. <laughs> yeah. You know oh, I tell you what. If they started skeet shooting fetuses, Missouri'd be back in on abortions. I'll tell you. <laughs> Branson would be a destination spot again. <laughs> <laughs> we going to South Carolina for the feet of skeet shoot. We're going to Charles Bronson, Missouri. <laughs> Death wish, motherfucker. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I think you're absolutely right with the that 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 life or death bonding. I mean, I listened to a, a there's another podcast out there, and it it. it it's called the dollop, and they cover. There's no other podcast but the Beautiful Barbarians podcast. Well, that's true, but this this Go other on podcast Spotify, is, Apple, is amazing. iTunes, and Google. And they talk about like weird and wacky events in American <laughs> history, and they talk. They I just listened to an episode where they were talking about a coast to coast foot race. Okay. In the twenties, in the yeah, it was, sounds it was awful. Sounds, like, sounds horrible. There were there were five black runners in it, and this is the 1920s. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting there and you're listening about this this hellish foot race. And one of the things that came out of it was as they were going through the races south, these black guys were getting harassed and all the white runners were rallying around the black guys. Yeah. Being like, no, 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 fuck off. Yeah. These guys are runners too. We're all in this together. Like, sure. fuck yeah. right off. Like, mm. they, yep. they, that bond yep. of struggle transcended race religion, creed, all of that and bond those guys together is hey, we're all doing the same activity together. Yeah. If you fuck with him, you're fucking with me because I consider him this higher level. I don't look at him as, as a a black guy or a Protestant or whatever. No, he's he's a runner. We're Playing now comrades in, yeah. in this in this community. So are you telling yeah. me remember the Titans is a lie? <laughs> Ooh, that was a good well, movie. Well I mean yeah. Because you know. I got to be honest, some of those guys were awful in that movie. They well, were. I mean, but I think we can all agree. You know, Gary Bertier is horribly Gary racist. Gary Bertier learned to love. He did. I mean, Ethan Supley was singing fucking R and B in the mess hall. Absolutely. So, you know, and well, and very, well, very and well. well, very well. Have Great. you seen him lately? Oh yeah, he's Ethan lost like four hundred pounds. Bro, he's yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's a beast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jacked. Yeah. Um. Yes, the, the the community, the struggle, the humility, yeah, the ego. It's it's life changing. The ego yeah. is is such a big thing because you were saying like like Lilbert said the other day. Once some he was teaching a kids class and he said sometimes you're the hammer, sometimes you're the nail. Yeah, and uh, 
and sometimes in jujitsu, especially when you start well, you're the nail a lot more than you're the hammer. Yeah. So, and that, that's humbling. That's and what I was trying to explain to one of the members today. You know, he wants to be good right off the bat. Mm. Like, he's two months in. Yeah. He wants to be good. And I'm like, dude, fucking, for the first eight months of my jiu-jitsu career, I was scrambling. Yeah. I was yeah. surviving. Yeah. yeah. You know Absolutely. what I mean? And there's Half days the time you're off the side of the mat, you can't catch your breath. There's you're days I'm you're gonna still vomit. trying to just survive. You yeah. know what I mean? I was down, like I said, I was down at White Plains for pro training and freaking hey man we're doing 18 minute rounds and it's not like you're doing 18 minute rounds we're like oh yeah that's phil from you yeah. know he, he works a full-time job at a, you're not at doing the state. 18 minute rounds no. with hobbyists i'm doing 18 minute rounds with like oh that guy fought in the ufc like that guy is qualified for adcc that guy is you know he just won the fight to win you know all these things. that guy travels the country and makes six figures right. a year teaching seminars yeah exactly like, like, yeah. like you know you're going against killers man so like i still have that feeling from time to time uh, that's that's what I love about this. Like, no matter how good you get at it, you're never top of the heap. Yeah. You're never ever top of the heap. You're, there's no, there's no. You can you can go and you can get your black belt. You can get your coral belt. You can get mm-hmm. all the stripes. But the next year, there's going to be something new. That's the biggest. That you're going to have to learn. Biggest misconception about Gordon Ryan. And you just keep evolving and evolving and evolving. Yep. And it's like, it's like, this is, it's not, fi- it's, it's, it's infinite. It's not finite. There's no, mm-hmm. you can, you know, it's just. Well, look at the greatest basketball player of all time that everybody says. Michael Jordan. Oh, I was going to go with Bill Lambeer. Okay, Bill Beer was, I, I'll tell you right now, that's the greatest game for Super Nintendo, Bill Beer Combat Basketball. <laughs> it's absolutely phenomenal. It's set in the future. It's, like, set in, like, 2025. Like the cyborgs and everything, right? I know, you're fighting aliens. It's, it's <laughs> fucking crazy, but it's, it's a great game. But I just look at that, and I look at somebody like Michael Jordan, and, you know, Michael Jordan's regarded as the greatest of all time. But then I look at Michael Jordan. It's like Michael Jordan's six foot six, 215 pounds. And they got guys like... Zion Williamson, six yeah. eight. He's two eighty five, two ninety five. Dude's a freaking genetic freak. Everything advances, you know. Like I was telling, like I was just, I mentioned in the microphone a couple minutes ago, but it got glanced over. Was that's the misconception with Gordon Ryan? Everybody thinks Gordon Ryan's just naturally talented. Gordon Ryan works harder than anybody. He's yeah. the hardest working guy to try to keep that top spot. Sure. And if you're gonna talk that much shit. You better work your ass off, Absolutely. and he does. Nothing but respect for that guy because yeah. I know for a fact his whole gimmick is a complete act. It's, yeah, he's, I met him. I met but, him in Vegas, oh, yeah. and he was he was the biggest sweetheart yeah. ever. Like I walked up to him. I'm I'm I just lost my first match. I'm half cocked on margaritas, and I walk up. I'm like, holy shit. What's up? I was just talking about you. It's Gordon and his and his girlfriend, and he's Sunny. dressed. He's dressed. It's head to toe in fucking cowboy yeah. garb. And you know what's ama- what I think is amazing in what he does is you say, okay, I'll, I'll, you'll give a card to, you know, the people announcing the fight and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And, uh, and then he submits the person for most of the time with that. And it's something to submit somebody, but when the person knows that that's what's gonna happen when he calls a shot mm-hmm. right 
that's like no in fairness Babe Ruth level shit no yeah. in, in fairness and, and and no offense to you know Pedro Marino whoever it was he was fighting in the the last you know who's number one wasn't it Pena no, it was Pena's Pena. ADCC no, yeah. no, no he's I, fighting him I on thought the it was a Pena one was he's that? fighting him on the seventh Oh, and it's—is it still Galbeo and? Oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. ADCC. Okay. Yeah, but he's fighting Pena for uh, who's number one title. Yeah, and then he, the, the which bet. he put up a ten to one, yeah. ten to one odds. So he put up a hundred grand. Pena put up ten. And put up ten, but you know, uh, no offense to him, but to, who? To, to Pedro, who he fought, he's not on Gordon's level. Gordon's. I don't know if there anybody. Yeah, there, I don't think there are. Yeah, no, there Nick, is anyone Nick, on this Nick level. Nicholas Marigali, yeah, who's a training partner now. Nicholas Marigali. But you have to realize, though, Nicholas Marigali in no gi is not the same as Nicholas Marigali in gi. Yeah. 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 But, um, but I think I think. But also, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, you know, the guys that Gordon is able to do that type of stuff with are guys that he can toy with. And he knows he can toy with. And it's scary because he's so good that he can toy with guys who are winning no gi worlds. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that just shows you how... how on another plane he is but right. the guys he's he's toying with and, and doing those things writing down I guarantee you Gordon's not writing down any sort of predictions for ADCC how he's going to finish people guarantee it because I'll tell you right now even though I think Gordon is going to mop the floor with Andre Galval Andre Galval is an amazing jiu-jitsu talent he's mind a, he's, he's one of the goats if, if you're making a Mount Rushmore he's on it there's no doubt about it when it comes to jiu-jitsu he's on it and Gordon's not going to be that arrogant with it because if you watch Gordon, even after he beats people, even after he he goes out there, it's the same thing as when you're on the mats here. As soon as you start sweating on the same mats as somebody else and you start sharing this this whole environment with them, you can't help but have a mutual respect. Right. You cannot help it. And Gordon, you know, you see him beating up dudes. First thing, he's the first guy wrap him up. Well, hey, that's man. that's where the, that's where the whole beef between him and Galveo started. He went over to shake Galveo's hand after he beat his guy, and Galveo flipped him off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like okay, cool. We're gonna play this game. Yeah, he's like, guess what, buddy? I'm a way better shit talker than you are. Bro, and if, you, slap him up if twice. you bitch slap somebody and they don't hit you back twice, yeah. be nervous. Yes, exactly. Because again, Andre, I, I don't think. I thought Andre was going to pull out by now for this fight. I thought so too. I, I thought, thought he was going to fake an injury would never or happen. something. I don't know. I, I just he's got a lot riding on it down though because the 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 lack of response from getting slapped twice. I know, but still like he's 30 he's you know, he's my age, 36, 37. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. Gordon's tw- I, Gordon's 25 in his fucking Is he only 25? Yeah, yeah in his Holy fucking prime. Shit. Now he's got his stomach issue fixed and Well, just... it's fixed fixed ish. A lot better than a picture of him. A lot better than what it was. He put on those twenty pounds back on. He is no, I know he's jack. He's jacked to the gills. What's going on with him? I saw him like he wants to start competing in, in the gi. Because he's training with Nicholas Marigali. Yeah, yeah. He's he doesn't want to train in the gi. He's not going to train in the gi. Yeah, he's not. You're not going to see him. He tried this song and dance like three years ago after he won ADCC and then he won Worlds. He tried this and then he put on the gi and he started training with some dudes and the dudes just. Wrapped him up in the gi, and it's it's a it's listen, a different game. Gi jujitsu and no gi jujitsu are two different ball games. Yes. that's how you become the goat. The, mm-hmm. the, the reason you become the goat is because you specialize on one thing. Yeah, and you know what? If you if, if he's going to be the goat, yeah, he's the no gi goat, uh, hands down. I I tell him he he's I don't tell him I don't you know I don't have one's fucking speed dial, but it's like he's the no gi goat. All right. 
you put him against a good purple belt who's well knowledge in gi, they're gonna fuck him up. And that's that's just true. It's nothing. It's not discounting anybody's skill, but it's just such a different game. It's such a slower game. It's such. It's it adds a different dimension. You know. I mean, if you rely on speed and 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 it will just it just shifts the whole strategy. So, you know, um, he's the no gi goat. Absolutely. Hands down. And and again. He evolves. He trains seven days a week. And you, you listen to him talk about his training. He gets tapped in training all the time. All He taps all the time in training. Mm-hmm. And then and then he sits down. That's why and he's they, the at the, at yeah. the end of it, they go back and they go, okay, why did I get tapped? How did I get caught here? Yep. How do I get through this? How do I now create a strategy? Because there's you look at it, you, you follow him online. You follow his, his personality. He's a great heel. Mm-hmm. He's a great heel. He's a great Classic. shit talker. This is just but sports entertainment, man. What you don't see behind is when he's on the mat training, he's tapping. He's getting caught in shit. Mm-hmm. He's like, because again, it's not that serious. It's educational. And he's trying new things. That's yeah. the key. When you're in training, you're trying new things. This is where you. This is where you hone your skills. When you get out in a competition, that's where you start fucking. That's where you start going right to where your 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 wheelhouse is. You know what I mean? You don't just sit there in every training practice. And I have to do this to myself sometimes, too, because sometimes I get... Absolutely. I train a lot, and I get lazy. Absolutely. And there's sometimes where I have to say, I don't want to play half guard today. Yeah. I need to play guard. I need to I need to work on my escapes. And that's hard to do because people have a tendency to go with what their strong parts are. Yeah. I mean, well, who wants to, like... It's been hard for me, too, because, you know, as the head instructor of my own gym now, I don't want people to see me getting smashed. It's not good for the brand, but it's good for my jujitsu. So I have to try to do that balance to where I know I'm working out of situations. And that's why I've been trying to do a lot more situational rounds because I, I want to work on that stuff. You know, I want people to work on that stuff too, but I want to work out of these certain positions. That's got, I, it's got to be, uh, I, you know, I didn't think of that until just now. That has to be a very hard position to be in because you want to learn and you want, you want other people to learn. And you have to get put in, in, dis, um, uh, subordinate positions, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunate positions. You you have to get caught. And for you, like you have, I come in here and there's, ten fifteen parents watching. Yeah. And they don't know, jujitsu from a fucking hole right. in the ground. Right. And if they see the ins- the head instructor. Say when you and I go. Yeah. If I happen to catch you in a head and arm choke. Yeah. They see some blue belt catching you in a head and arm choke. Like, well, right. Maybe he's not the good. It's like no, you don't understand. Right. And that's you don't the balance, understand man. at all. And it's 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 an interesting. That's got to be an interesting wrinkle in it. Yeah. To be like, oh, I want to get better, but whew, what do I, you know? Well, and and Brian and I talked about this because when you have two and a half hour ride, you you, you talk about. A lot of different lot of things. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so we. Um, you guys should start a podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It'll be a uh, black belt in cars drinking acai. Acai. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's your there's your title for the podcast. <laughs> I'll produce it. Yeah. But, That's um, amazing. But no, we we talk we talk about it and we were. T- this yeah. week we're in a Toyota Camry. Yeah. Again. Yeah. This this week we're in. My wife's car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we, you know, we talk about all that shit. And, and one of the things that we do talk about is, you know, you see the people in this who do it for money. 
Mm. We're, we're doing it to change people's lives. Mm -hmm. And the money will come. Yeah. We're not worried about that. You know what I mean? Brian's got a very successful school. I just started two months ago. I'm not but that's the thing, man. You, you I, I come in here and I look at you got 20 kids in your tech yeah. class. Like, dude, I don't think I've seen 20 kids in, in the Brian Beery kid class ever. And I mean, no, I, he's got a, he's got a pretty robust kids class. No, I agree. I agree. But two months in, you've got 20 sure. kids. It's like, whoa. And it's what's really cool is I come back and it's the same 20 kids. They love it. Like they're staying. They they're not, it. there's not a, there's not a rotation in and out. You see the same kids no. week in, week out. And they're like, the thing that they've makes, got smiles on their faces. They're running around. They're having the best time. It's like, the thing that makes so me cool. happiest, man, is that out of those 20 kids, there's probably 17 girls. Yeah. And I love that. That's, yeah. that's great. Because yeah. I'll tell you right now, I just, I love again. And I go back to my reference earlier. I don't want our kids to be bullies, but I don't want them to be victims. Yep. And if I can help one little kid who's in a situation to where they feel like they're, you know, they're not, they're the beta, they're not the alpha, and they just feel intimidated. And if I can give them a little bit of confidence to where they're like, you know, no, fuck that guy. You know what I mean? Like, I'll blast double him, put him on his back, and that'll be over. I love it. I love, I love seeing, I love seeing it. Because in, in, seven ten years you're gonna have a class of, of killers lady assassin yes. lady killers man. absolutely and it's gonna be like it's got, i already got the name for it it's my lady killer assassin squad there i you can't go. it's it's just it's you know it's obviously my views have changed having a daughter but mm -hmm. knowing that that those 17 girls if they stick with it are going to be so unfuckwithable. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. there is going to be no scenario they're going to be in where they're going to be uncomfortable. They're going to be yeah. a victim. They are going to go out there and, by hook or by crook, mm -hmm. get what they need. Well, and, and I would love it if there was no situation that they were going to feel uncomfortable. But there's going to be situations they feel uncomfortable. The but, world is a cold, But they cold are going place. to yeah. be equipped to yeah. handle that situation. Sure. That's, and that, to me, having two little daughters, that's the most important thing for me. And maybe maybe I do cater my jujitsu a little bit more towards the self defense aspect. But well, I also if you have seventeen girls in your kids' class, you should. But I mm. also I realize that not everybody wants to compete in sport jujitsu. No. Sometimes people are just coming in here because they want to understand a little bit more. They want to know what it's like to to feel somebody grab them and try to grapple them. Because if you know what it's like, you're more equipped. I mean we, we say it all the time. The average person in here who comes in here and they go against somebody on the street who has no training, a freaking blue belt in here will murder a regular person out on the yeah. street in a hand-to-hand -hand type of situation. I'd say a one-year white belt. Yeah. Just somebody who has had somebody put their hands yeah. on them day in, day out. Even not, even, not even like six, seven days a week, but if you just go three days a week and you're grappling, yeah. if someone comes up and grabs you, you're gonna be like, no, okay, cool. Yeah. I, I would actually venture to say even a six months white belt that trains three days a week, yes. maybe, yeah. would give a, yeah. would be a problem in any fight with somebody that's not I say it all the time. It's trained. not that, it's not that yeah. you're gonna, you're, it's not that somebody's agree. not gonna be able to land a haymaker on you or anything like that. But the good thing about this is you'll know the second somebody touches you, whether they know what they're doing or whether they're a soup sandwich. Whether they're just, just grabbing you, you know, if they grab your arm and it's like, hey, buddy, and they grab you, you're just like, what are you doing? Like, they don't get proper wrist control. They don't reach for your tricep. You're going to just be like, you know, that's that to me is, you know, 
again, I, I, my daughter had an experience with it that helped her out in school. And that's been a driving force for me. And I, I, I never want any kid in this class or any adult in this class, by that matter, be put in that situation. But I want to make sure that if they have a situation, you know, I want a pure vanilla ice style. If you got a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Okay? <laughs> check out the beat while the DJ revolves. Uh, check out the hook, please, while the DJ <laughs> revolves it. I'm not from Florida. Okay. I don't know. Boom, 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 boom. I know. Under Pressure was a great song. Yeah, it was a good it song. It was. Um, pressure. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, I like I like seeing how many females are doing this and getting involved. I in do it. too. And I'd really like to see you know what's more al- females. You know what's alarming is the amount of adult females that aren't. And that's what I'm talking about. I'd like to see more yeah. adult female come in. And it's got to be like a weird experience for them because mm-hmm. the jiu community is mainly men. Yes. Yeah. And but it's weird for everybody. Well, yeah. We've got a 17-year-old autistic kid who walked through the door. You know what I mean? I'm sure that was weird for him. But you know what? He wanted to do it. And, and I love it. And, every and I'm going to work day, with that kid every day if he wants to work with me. And every day I that I come it. in, it seems like he's a lot more relaxed and mm-hmm. a lot more... Because uh, the first day that he came in, I believe he was yeah. it's a, was the first day, um, I was spared with him and I, you know, was help. Yep. And he, he was very, like... Um, robotic robotic yeah. and didn't want to engage and didn't want to uh, and now training with him over the past few days mm-hmm. I see a big change yeah yeah well yeah, and, I, and I get it well he feels more a lot more comfortable and he <clears throat> he you know he's he comes in and this is it's interesting because this is order now yeah. for him this is now this is now yes. it's it's coming because Doing this podcast, especially with, with Yogi, who is who is uh, been diagnosed with autism, late onset autism, um, he. Uh All right, so we had technical difficulties for a second. No, you're um, fine. But uh, you were saying Yogi has you know that he he really he really opened my eyes to how it works in that headspace, mm-hmm. and once. It becomes routine for somebody who's autistic. It becomes normal, mm-hmm. and they now expect it. And now, if they don't get that at certain activity at that certain time that they've placed in their head, it now becomes a problem. So that's why it's so cool. Because if this clicks with that kid, if jujitsu clicks with that kid, mm-hmm. he is going to be an absolute oh a monster. monster. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because one hundred and ten percent of his brain power. Right. It's going to go to focusing on this. And, and I really hope it does because I, I, I'm i always rooting for anybody who comes onto those mats. Every single person who trains, I'm rooting for them. I want them to get the bug. I want them to get, you know, obsessed with jujitsu. Yeah. Because the more somebody gets obsessed, the more they ask me questions, the more they make me question certain things mm-hmm. the more i have to go back and go back to the wheelhouse and and rework on things and see if there is a more efficient way yeah it pushes me yeah so whenever you have people who are pushing you again it's like anything you, you have somebody who's trying to make you better you're going to get better or yeah. you or they're going to surpass you right so that's what i mean to be honest with you and that's what's kept brian so great is that brian's desire to be better keeps everybody chasing him keeps him elevated you know, the more I go to another, you know, maybe I go and learn a few new techniques. Now he's got to adapt his game to stay that much higher above me. And we just keep playing this cat and mouse game. And it, it, 
you know, competition just breeds excellence. Absolutely, and that's why I love Brian's school and your school is the fact that the, the two head, the head instructor of each of those schools is a not only a black belt, but a competing black belt. And uh, this is not a, a snub or anything a, a, a against people who own schools who do not compete mm -hmm. because there's a lot of great at, instructors who don't compete. Point, Absolutely. As you're, as you're older, you just may not have the ability. Your knees may be shot. Your hips yeah. may be shot. Your shoulders may be shot. You just can't compete. You may just have performance anxiety and you just don't like it. But, but you can just tell. You walk into school and you can tell the difference between the instructors that are competing. And when I say competing, I mean at the highest levels, not sandbagging it. Not going around and like winning medals. Local for, Naga. Yeah. No, you just, yeah, just, hey, what doesn't have any other competitors in there has one competitor yeah. in it? You know, I, I love talking to Brian because I'm like, hey, Brian. It's the third time that's been referenced on your podcast. Yeah, you it's going to be a lot. I listen, of, listen I listen to every episode of this podcast, so that's why uh, I, I'll I give you that. The, the thing is, the thing is, real quick, that, um, you know, when I, when I talk to Brian, about like for instance, I'm going to do the IBJJF New Haven Open, mm -hmm. and I go, Brian, I'm I'm 39. Should I sign up for the adult, the Masters, one of the Masters too? And Brian goes, Well, which division is going to give you the most matches? He goes, Because whichever division has the most people in it, that's the one you need to go to, so you get the most matches out of it. Mm -hmm. And it turns out it's the adult. So I'm going to be going against a bunch of fucking 27 year olds yeah no oh, if you're lucky might if be I'm lucky might yeah. be younger if i'm lucky trust me so i'm gonna go against a bunch of fucking murder early yeah. to mid 20 studs yeah. so jealous and i'm gonna i'm gonna have to test my metal i'm so jealous of you though <laughs> because Why? i because i don't get I, at black belt you don't get that option there's one guy one guy two guys you know i think ego is a big part of that no, I know. I know exactly why. Absolutely. It's because no black belt. Won but that—that's why these tournaments are so good for IBJJF. Because as a black belt, you're only going against black belts. Yeah. It's not like going to an open division like right. an absolute, and you get heel hooked by a purple belt, and you feel like shit. You're going against a black belt. But I love that test too. I, I like that absolute I test. I just did my first absolute division mm -hmm. at Naga, and it was so much fun because it was so different. Because I had to. I got. I lost in the finals to this. 180 pound early 20s stud this dude from yonkers who is uh the yonkers? shout out to shout out to to, to, to he's the the, the pally stallion <laughs> the pally stallion he's from I like that. palestinian dude I from, like that. he works in a, a meat packing or a butcher shop the dude the kid's a stud mma fighter pro mma fighter out of out of yonkers and the kid is just you a have stud. to tell me his name afterwards because i might uh, I, I just it's, it's palestinian I know, but I, I just I literally just trained with a guy out of Yonkers who's a MMA fighter. Animal BJJ. Yeah. Then that was him. No, no, no. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's the same guy. Was he Palestinian? Uh, was no. He no, 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 no. No. Okay. Not then at all. Wasn't. But I might. But I might know. But anyway, the, the the kid was phenomenal. But it was it was so cool to not. So the the first person I went against in the absolute was the ultra heavyweight I beat in my division. I beat him again. The next guy I went against was probably two hundred pounds, spazzy, but. Completely different from everybody else I rolled against. You know what I mean? Yeah. Each match in that absolute division was completely different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I had to adapt my game to these people. That's why the absolute's awesome, man. It's so it much really is. fun because you know you go into an ultra heavyweight fight and it's like okay, this is going to be two gorillas in the mist two slamming into each other, lumbering, <laughs> and whoever lands on top is most likely going to yeah. win. You know what I yeah. mean? But with these guys, it's like. 
even when I got them down, they're all still dangerous. Squirmy and moving and... Oh, and yeah. It's, it's, it was so much fun. Um, I'm see, like, I'm, exci- is, I'm excited for that. I'm looking for in jiu-jitsu. I want this Kumite blood sport style, yeah. no weight classes. Yeah. Let's just figure out who's yeah, the best. Sort it's, it out yeah. on the mat. It's so yeah. much fun yeah. because it's it's like it's this big guessing game. Like you, you know who's not saying that is the 135 pound guy right, right. who's in that absolute who's looking <laughs> who's at Chad like this is not fun. This is not fun. I looked at the mat next to us. And this kid, one of the kids who came up from Gorilla BJJ, dude's name is Beto. He's an Egyptian kid. He's a he's a he's a stud too. But this poor kid, he's probably 155, and he's doing the absolute white belt. And he was probably up against he was he not probably he was up against a probably six foot three, 300 pound guy who looked like he could play left tackle for the Packers, like. And and he's looking at me because I'm trying to help him coach. I'm trying to help him by coaching him. Yeah. He's looking at me like, yeah. I'm, I'm like Beto, yeah. Fuck it, dive on a leg, man. Go I for it. I <laughs> don't know because you're not going to hit a takedown on him. When in, this dude's just going to pick you up. When in doubt, like yeah. Goro in yeah. Mortal Kombat, and yeah. like fling you out of the venue. Yeah. You know what though? There's a certain amount of kind of relaxation you get when you're the underdog, though. And there's a certain amount where you're just like, you know what? He never really got to relax. He had a 300-pound man on top of him. That yeah, I know. But still, like, there's a certain amount of, of, you know, it's like being the brown belt in the black belt division. Nobody expects you to win. So you're loose. Go out there. Just have yeah. fun. Go yes. for shit. If you, if you miss it, all right, I was supposed to lose anyway. That's, the, that's the key. Yeah. That's what I really have come away from from competition is you watch the guys, and I always I get such a kick out of this, and I'm sure you do too. Watching the guys over there on the side of the mat getting themselves amped up, <laughs> screaming. You know, they're, oh, they're yeah. my favorite. My absolute favorite Slapping is each the, other. is no, no, is the guy at the jujitsu tournament getting ready for his match shadow boxing. <laughs> it's like <laughs> shadow boxing. The fuck are you doing, bro? You're throwing punches. Like yeah. you do yeah. know you're not Mike Tyson. This is not yeah. a Rumble in the Jungle. Right. Like you can shadow box all you want. I don't know how that's going to help you. He's getting loose. <laughs> but but then you watch them go out, and they're stiff, they're rigid, they're full of adrenaline, and they lose. Yeah. And it's like the guy who's sitting there smiling, joking, you know, bullshitting, eating some peanut butter and taking a nap is the guy who wins. Yeah. He's relaxed. He's not in a panic state. It's so it's so funny. It's such a it's such a com- uh, 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 complete opposite to coming from the strongman and powerlifting world that I come from. Where you had to get that adrenaline, you had to get that anger, you had to get that rage, you had to get that, 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 you had to turn off the human part of your brain and turn on that animal primal lizard brain where it's just, I'm yeah. gonna pick up this fucking raw motion, rock just and raw. I'm gonna put it on this fucking platform, or I'm gonna hand over hand pull this fucking semi truck, yeah. or I'm gonna pull a bus with my teeth. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And that that bus doesn't look comfortable yeah. there. Yeah. I'm going to move it with my fucking teeth. Yeah. Yep. Hey, you know, sometimes you got to do it, guys. Yep. But, but going no, back to what you you're saying about, uh, you said, mentioned earlier, uh, there's a big difference about people that, like schools that school teachers have been high-level competitors to a school that has not been a competitor. I trained at, for about eight years at the, the school in, in, in Massachusetts, and a great school, shout out to ZenQuest. I mean, I learned a lot there, but there's no comparison when I came here, and it was not easy for me to 
walk in another academy because you're always the new guy and mm -hmm. people especially wanna... when you're wearing a belt especially yeah. yeah when you're wearing a belt from another academy i've had guys who walked in this door and told me hey do you want me to just forfeit this now no yeah if you got a blue belt from somebody let's see if you're a blue belt yeah and if you're not all right you're just gonna be a blue belt for a long time with yeah. me yeah. But I'm not going to take your belt. That's no. so disrespectful. No, you still no, earn agree. that and it's switch. And there's so many different ways you get a belt. You know what I mean? Like, mm. we got a guy like Mountain Man. Is Mountain Man ever going to go into a purple belt division and smash somebody and, and win the whole division? He might. He might He might Does do Does Mountain Man compete? No, he doesn't. No. Mm. But I'll tell you right now, his attitude toward jiu-jitsu and amazing. his ability to help people and it's his amazing. ability to relax his ego Uncanny, yeah. and to get tapped by a white belt because he's he's working with him fuck man i'd give him a black belt tomorrow dude the fact that he gets tapped and comes up and goes "Woo, that was awesome you are that was that a was good one great man dude, it's, you it's had like, my neck yeah. tight like, like that's that's he, he's the exception I, to the rule man yeah, i'm telling I, you right now i don't yeah. but you know what though i don't know if he is because i do that same thing now and i've seen i've, I've seen a lot of other people that do that now too well, anthony does it now too like I see a lot of people that go, man, that was good. But that's contagious. You that's get, yeah, you yeah. get one positive guy like that, and that's why I'll share the match with that guy any day of the week. Yeah. Because you get one person like that, and it's contagious to your entire room. But you can, the 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 nice thing about that, and the great thing about that is, as as new people come in, mm -hmm. you can immediately instill that on the ground floor. I put him with new people all the time, because he lets them. He'll he'll let them choke them out. They'll feel good about it. He'll celebrate it with him, smacking him on the back. Yeah, like loving it, you know. And yeah. talking about ego, that's Here, here's a 50, somebody that totally has no Here's a 50-something-year-old guy yeah. who just loves being on the mat. He yeah. just loves sharing this time with everybody. And he like, loves to get choked out. Yeah, yeah he's like, <laughs> Tell you what, though, you're never going to out-hike that motherfucker. No, no, no. Nope. He's like David Carradine. Right? He is a he is a coral belt in hiking. He is. 46er. 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 I think, huh? I think a couple times well, over, he's doing, too. He, well, he's doing it again, I think. Yeah. I think his next goal is he wants to try to do it in the winter. That's amazing. Of course. Which is insane. Yeah. I mean, well, I'll, I mean, I'll be honest with you, because as somebody who grew up in the Adirondacks, all you hear about during the winter is like, oh, yeah, another emergency rescue. Because someone tries to hike the uh, high peaks and they don't realize that, hey, yeah, it's... We're just going to leave the bodies up there till the spring thaw. It's, it's 15 degrees down at the base. Of course um, it is. So, Ben's got to go. Yep. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Thank you on, for man. having me on I the appreciate. podcast. Appreciate um, it. Uh, so glad we get to roll again now. The, the Clobbers yeah. is open on Saturday. I really look forward to it. Absolutely. This has been and... fun. Because the only other time I was going to see it was at 6.30 in the morning. And... Uh, I'm yeah. already halfway through my day at work, so yeah. Me too. I I started his schedule's earlier, changed, so he can't, can't I can't do, do that it. anymore. But hey, got in, got my nickname, which I was looking for. I was gonna say we finally got your yes, nickname. Right. I was like, I was like, it's, it's the, well, the, the it's, French it's, Impaler or the well, French Tickler? You know what? To be honest, we might have to put that out to the group. Yeah. Um, yeah. What we'll, we'll do is <laughs> one uh, of the two for this podcast when it comes out, we'll put out a question. I'll is, set up a <laughs> is Ben going to be the French impaler or the French tickler? Depends on the time of day. Yeah, exactly. I still think it depends on the yeah, time well, of day. It, you know. After, at 9 p.m. on Fridays. At 9 p.m. on Fridays, the he's French the French tickler. tickler. Yeah. The but, worst Batman villain ever. Yes. <laughs> Sacre yes. bleu, give me that butthole. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you again for having ben, me on. Thanks, podcast. man. Appreciate it. Yeah, bud. Good seeing you, brother. All right, so now, hey, Clobber. Yeah. Talking to your mic real quick. Check, check one. Perfect. All right.
So. Yeah. Um, Hopefully my mic was on the whole time. Yeah, I just turned it on. It's fine. Oh, okay, perfect. <laughs> Good, because I said at least one or two things that I was proud of, and then uh, I said like three or four things that I'm probably going to eat shit over. So. Uh, so a month in, what, what are your, I mean, it's got to be, because you went from training and just kind of, uh, you know, you're, you're not a, you're not a hobbyist in any way, shape or form, but, but now owning a school, running a school has to bring such a different element. And now it takes up all of your time. You now, you, you, you can't, there's no free time. No, I, I mean, mean, you can, you can make it, but, but I, you know what I'm saying? Like you've now added another layer on top of sure. everything and, and I want to know how you deal with you now have a school you're running mm -hmm. a financial responsibility mm -hmm. a personal responsibility to your students mm -hmm. because now they are your students mm -hmm. um, your day job your two beautiful daughters and your wonderful wife yes like how are you now taking on that extra pressure that extra stress and how is what have you found what have you found that, uh, Ben, you're awful at handshakes, man. We got to figure out fist bumps or hand high five something. <laughs> you got to have a system. Oh, it's so awkward. Um, but, but you've added that, that extra layer. Sure. And how are you, because a lot of guys, and I'm guilty of it too, we get an extra stressor and it's a fucking, we become these ogres, we become these fucking nightmares. Mm -hmm. And because it's just, it's so much we're trying to figure out. And then you've got one little thing at home that just sets you off. And all of a sudden now you're... You're an asshole at home yep. when you don't mean to be because it has nothing to do with them. Like, how are you juggling all this now with that extra layer? Well, one thing that's helped big time is about six months ago, I started doing therapy. Good. And that helped me when it came to just processing my thoughts. What was the impetus for that? I was having anxiety attacks mm -hmm. and they were causing me to feel like I was having a heart attack. Okay. And when I realized there was nothing physically wrong, I started to look at what was the actual root cause. Mm-hmm. And the actual root cause was just me being, you know, not not ill on that sense, but just, you know, me having issues I needed to work out. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's been helpful, just having that that outlet to talk to. What um, is, so I always like to get, to get into this because of, of the the stigma with therapy and everything. And, well, and, and the nature and, of this podcast. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, and, I, and I'll be 100% honest with you. One of the reasons why I felt comfortable enough to do it was because of talking to you. Um, you've been very open about your journey in, in your uh, therapy. And it made me to really evaluate it. Um, my sister has been another really driving force. Um, my, my dad had issues he didn't realize he had mm -hmm. or that if he had, he just suppressed in other ways. Yeah. And, uh, I don't, I don't want to suppress him in that way. So it was, it was one of those situations where having, you know, a, a very close friend who's in therapy, having my sister who's very open to it as well. And she's talking through issues, you know, with, with a therapist, I felt a little more comfortable taking that plunge. Good. Good. That's, I, 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 I really... You know, and we, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, there, there's, there, it's, it's only right. I mean, listen, there is a stigma. You saw Patty uh, last weekend in the UFC where he, oh, yeah, he yeah. talked about his, his friend who committed suicide and yeah. because he, he felt there was a stigma of not talking about it. And, yeah. you know, quite frankly, I've got too much of a good thing 
to let something like my pride of not talking about my issues consume my life and and take me away from my my beautiful wife and my amazing daughters. I, I don't wish need that. I wish I for you it may be pride. But I see a lot of guys out there who don't do it because that's not the way it's been done. You know, they they're instilled with this strong silent type. Sure. And it's it's the strong silent type that's going to eventually lead you to eat a bullet or throw a toaster in a bathtub because you No, or you, you or you're to, going to have a heart attack at 52 because or, you, you sit there with everything on your chest and you're never able to ex, to to explore that side of your yourself. I mean, you lash out and but, you you push the people you care about the most away because but, they're just the closest to prox, in proximity. But you, but you have, uh, you know, I always look at it like this. My wife is is a driving force for me. She is my partner in life. She is a big reason to why I strive to be a better person. Yeah. And I'm not at my best if I'm having anxiety attacks, staying up all night, feeling like I'm going to have a heart attack, right. feeling like this is the big one because that's the way my dad handled it. That's not good for Did my... Did he die of a heart attack? Um, no, my dad died of... My dad had many heart attacks. He had strokes. Okay. Well, yeah. But he ended up dying to uh, Alzheimer's. My dad was tougher than a $2 steak, man. But... He ended up succumbing to Alzheimer's, but... But on the way, he had heart attacks he had, and strokes. Uh, oh, he just had stress-induced in, stuff. In, Chad, you got to realize, in my life, I can remember every time I got a phone call from my house, I wasn't thinking like, oh, great, I'm going to talk to my mom or talk to my dad. It was, who's going to the hospital? Yeah, immediate sense of dread. It was, uh-oh, what's, what's wrong? I don't want that for my kids. Yeah. yeah. I want to be better. And, and I feel like that's the, the progression. It's... My dad's dad gave him a playbook. My dad followed that playbook. Mm -hmm. My dad gave me a playbook. I want to do better than his playbook. Yeah. I want to I take my dad's life, and not, not to take any shots at my dad or anything like that. My dad was a, the best man I ever knew in my life. He's a, but he's a product but of he the generation. Sh he showed me how you don't deal yeah. with your problems. Yeah. You know, he turned to alcohol for his problems. So my dad, like I said, my dad was a great man, and I will never speak ill of him. And anybody who does, uh, clobber jujitsu, 333 Delaware, come on down because you're going to get your ass kicked. Because my dad is the greatest man I ever knew. Guys, but, don't talk shit about clobber's dad. But he showed me the playbook on how to be a great person. He showed me how to be a caring person, how to be a loving person. Um, some of them, I used to always joke, the, the, the Valentine's Day and anniversary cards my dad would write for my mom, Hallmark would be jealous of mm -hmm. he was he was an absolute he loved my mother he showed me it was all right to be emotional to love um but he had he showed you bill brasky he, he was showed a, me how to love a woman me how to love a woman and how to scold a child <laughs> i don't know that just popped right into my absolute as it should that's why we're friends that's why we're friends and my dad would have liked you too because he would have got a good chuckle out of that <laughs> you know, but he gave me a playbook. Yeah. And I'm basically just trying to take that playbook and I'm trying to, you know, make a new chapter in it. Yeah. Make a you're, better chapter. You're in breaking it. the cycle. Right. And uh, that's that's what I think we should all be doing is just taking what our parents instill in us. And and it's just like when I used to, to coach people in Strongman, you know, everybody would come up to me and they'd ask me, you know, what about this? What about this? What about this program? What mm -hmm. about this diet? What about? I go, dude, I go run it for three four weeks yeah. take what is giving you results mm -hmm. and throw the rest away yeah 25 percent of every program is going to work for you 
75% is not. Mm-hmm. Throw that 75% away. Yeah. Don't stick with something just because that's the way it's done. Yeah. Make your own fucking program mm-hmm. or help me to make you a good program. Yeah. Tell me what doesn't work. Tell me what works. I want to make you the best athlete you are. But just because some program works for IFBB Pro whoever or yeah, yeah, yeah. Pro Strongman whoever, it's not going to work for you because well, like, you're, you're different people. Look at Mikey Misameshi. The guy eats, savage. He eats pasta savage. and a pizza and acai once, once a, a day. day. He eats 7,000 calories in one sitting, and that's it. And he has a cup of coffee. You know, that that's not going to work for me. No. That works for him. I tried it. I tried his diet for a week. Yeah, me too. I it gained was, it was, 50 pounds. Yeah. That's why I'm cutting down from 250. Because yeah. I tried to turns out 7,000 calories right before bed. Yeah. Not great for ultra not, heavyweights. Not great for the ultra heavyweight competitor. That's how, was, that's how you become an ultra heavyweight competitor. Yeah. But the, speaking of Charlie Musumeci. Charlie? What was the name? Mikey. Mikey. Jesus, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I've been drinking. What is that, a I tripel? Sm- I, I, a tripel? I smoked a lot of pot last night. Um, fair enough. Mikey, Judge, Jesus Clobber Christ. Clobber Jiu-Jitsu is a judgment-free zone? That's fair. <laughs> um, I was listening to his interview he just did on the Joe Rogan experience. Yep. And listen to him, I go, I, I had this realization, I go, oh, oh, he's not a genius jiu-jitsu player. He's a, just a genius. Yeah. If he had never found jiu-jitsu, mm-hmm. he'd be some neurobiologist. Like he'd, His sister, I believe, is a doctor. Lawyer. Lawyer, okay. Lawyer. She just, he... He, yeah, he, he could do the same thing if he wanted. He speaks Portuguese. Yeah. Just because he did jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And he just had to be around Portuguese people. Yeah. He now lives in... Singapore, and he's learning Thai yeah. just because. And he'll have it next week. Yeah, he'll pick it up next week. And I was like, no, Oh, he... oh, you're not. You're not some jujitsu freak. No, you know, you're not like Gordon Ryan is a jujitsu freak. Sure. Let us let us be blatantly honest. Outside of jujitsu, let us bake in our excellence. Things a Cobb salad would say. Gordon Ryan is a gym bro. Mm-hmm. He's a dumb gym bro, like he's a he's a jock. Yeah, I, I mean, I and, wouldn't and I wouldn't say he's dumb, but he's he's not. No, 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 no he's no. not on that savant me, level. Like, like let Mikey. me let me clarify. Gordon Ryan is not dumb, but if he had not found jujitsu, he would just be. He was working for the DPW in yeah, in, he'd in be a New Jersey. Jersey. He was working for the DPW in New Jersey before he decided to go full time with jiu-jitsu. He'd be a Jersey fuckboy. No, like, he would, that's that's it. He'd be he, tattoos. He, he, he'd be muscles. going. He'd be going down to the shore. He'd be bagging yes. broads. Yes. He'd be you know. Yes. He'd win a couple games of skee ball. Yes. But now that but in he, he would basically be Mike Sorrentino the uh, situation. Yes. Yes. But in jujitsu, he is. It's it it. It's that that puzzle piece fits, yeah. and he is just sure. amazing at it. And I love Gordon Ryan. I don't want anybody to think I'm taking anything away from Gordon Ryan, mm-hmm. but we have to be honest. Mikey Musumeshi is a certified fucking genius. Yes, there's no a matter diff- what he was going to do. There's a difference. There he is. was going to be a game changer at it. Here's my thing: is Gordon Ryan is that rare combo where I think Gordon Ryan was when he was built. When whatever entity made him big gourd, God, whatever you believe in, whatever made him, he found his calling in jujitsu and that's what he was designed to do. 
He has a do singular think, purpose. Do I think if he was not doing jujitsu, do I think you'd go to the law offices of Ryan, Ryan, and Rodriguez? Ryan? No. No. I don't think he would be on that level. No. But I think that it perfectly fits him, and he is one of those guys who was designed to do it, and he is exceptional. Yes. And he's not just exceptional at competition, he's an exceptional teacher. Yeah. Because he understands the curriculum and he understands what he's doing. The fact that he makes 90% of his money from his instructional yeah. videos is oh, He posts all the time. He, I mean, he's making six figures a freaking month. When he releases a new one. When he releases it's, a new one. It's, it's so cool. It's so cool to see. Um, but yeah, Mikey Musumeshi is just is 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 a a, a whole another specimen of person. Oh, it's yeah. it's wild. He's insane. And you you you, um, just listening to him, I was like, I have so much because when I my first impression of him was okay. He's been training since he was four. Yeah. Clearly, his parents just pushed this on him. Not even push it on him, but just removed all obstacles. Yeah. Said, hey, don't worry about it. You go to school. You train whenever you want. We're going to foot the bill. You know what I mean? For you and your sister. We're just yeah. going to foot the bill. You do whatever. But listen to that, that interview. It's like, oh, no. Oh, this kid found something he fell in love with. Yeah. And then made every possible sacrifice, sacrifice and alteration to make it work so he could do it as much as possible. Yeah. Like when I found out, when I found out that the majority of his training comes from mats in his garage, he's not going to a school. Yeah. He just invites people over and mm -hmm. rolls them. And the majority of them are purple and brown belts. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, this kid. And then, and then people thought, I'm like, hey, who's your coach? He's like, me. I'm but, my coach. But that's a misconception. People think that you have to have this room full of killers for you to get better. Right. You can learn so much rolling with people who are lesser than you because yeah. it forces you to learn the techniques and it gives you the opportunity to play around with the yes. techniques. That's the key. But you also have to have that humility to fail. Yeah. And if you don't have that humility, humility to fail, you'll never accomplish anything. And I'll tell you right now, the people that don't have that humility to fail aren't having fun. No. You're not having no, because every every round is ADCC finals. Yeah, and you're always tense. You're always upset. It's stress. You're you're literally inducing stress in your yeah. hobby. Right. And why would you want? I, I that the reason I quit strongman was because I walked into the gym one day and went, "Oh, this isn't fun anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm not having fun with this anymore. None of this excites me. Yep. I am now looking at going to the gym and training as yeah." <sighs> And to circle back to your earlier question about this place and how adding all this extra overhead stress and everything like that, that doesn't do it to me. When I walk in here, right. I'm excited. I'm excited to come in and coach I would hope. class. I would hope I'm so. I'm excited to come and enroll with the, the adult class. I'm excited about everything that's going on here. So for me, it's not stress. Yeah, is there a financial burden? Sure, there's a financial burden. My wife and I are smart enough people. We have money tucked away if we need to. If we need to. Uh... That Ace Cider tastes like pretzels. <laughs> you want to switch? No. Okay. I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. You know, we've got, we've got money tucked away where if we need to finance this for a couple months or, you know, longer than that, we're fine. But you can always make more money. Yeah. But what I, I, what, like I said, what gets me up in the morning is coming in here and seeing that kid who's excited about jujitsu seeing that that 50 year old guy who didn't think he could do jujitsu because he was 
too banged up, too hurt. Maybe it was too, you know, oh, I, I just didn't know what it was. You know, whatever it might be, just coming in and helping those people and making helping the people. That's, I mean, that's really what it all comes down to is when you come in here and you start helping people and you start getting them better and it, you see how it just snowballs in their life. Yeah. They're happy here because they're doing something productive. Then they go to work. They're better at work, so they get a promotion. They get a promotion, so it gives them more freedom to come train. Or so they just go to work, and no matter what bullshit happens at work, yeah. it's just bullshit that happens at we work. We say that at 630 class and it just all the time. flies right on by because, hey, I just spent the morning getting choked out or choking yeah. somebody out or, or winning or losing at, or learning at or six, whatever. At 630 class, we say it all the time. All right, class is over. Hey, no matter what your boss tells you, you he's not, not going to choke you. Yeah. All yeah. right. So you, you're very good. You and literally got the hardest part of your day you out of the in, way. You you're relaxed. You got all this aggression out of you. You know, let's say your boss is a dick and then you come in the next day and you just fucking roll like a savage. You got all that aggression out. Mm -hmm. Now you go to work. You're a more productive person, you know, and it's, it's just, it's awesome to see. This guava cider yeah. smells like the inside of John Manley's ghee. That's a very, very inside reference. Yes. But to anybody who knows who John Manley, they know exactly what that smell is. They know the exact smell yeah. I'm talking about. Yep. It's like so, weed and patchouli. It's awful. You want this? No. I'll switch I'll, with you. No, I'll get I'll get. I got a else. Sessions IPA. I'll give it to you right now. No, no, no. I'm fine. Dude, I'm I'll fine. switch with you. No, 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 no. I am more than happy sitting with my pretzel stinky bag. <laughs> I love guava. You will not love this guava. And I like John Manley. I like John Manley, too. He's a great dude, and yes. I really enjoy rolling with him. But I don't want a beer that tastes like pretzels right, hold and smells on. like the inside of his Chad tea. Real quick. Take this. You're, you're going to take a sip, and you're going to know. First off, take a big smell of it. The incessant bitching, which is what I'm not. Take a smell. Take a sniff. Yep, that does smell like John Manley. Now take tea. a sip. It's with Brazilian pink guava. That's Maybe fine. That's why. Now take a sip. It's going to taste like fucking pretzels. <laughs> I don't get pretzels. What do you get? I get pink guava. I get grapefruit, actually. I got pretzels. Yeah. Well, I think your taste buds are fucked. No, probably. So I get, I literally get like, like citrus fruit deliciousness. Okay, cool. Yeah. I got pretzels in the inside of a black belt <laughs> ghee. So. Pretzels and uh, dank ghee. Dank ghee. So perfect. And we're not talking about stinky. We're talking about dank. Yeah, we're talking dank. Weed. Yes. Um, Holler. Oh fuck, yeah. I, I it's okay. So the, the the stress is mitigated by the love of the sport. Yeah, it's the love of the sport. It's the support of the family. You know, it's it's everything. Yeah. I wouldn't open this place without my wife. Well, clearly, I wouldn't have done what we did in here without my wife. And and to be honest with you, the initial success that we're experiencing is because I think people sense that, and I think people sense that when they come in here. We're not some money-grabbing organization that's just trying to, that's more important, you know, more interested in the bottom line than we are the jiu-jitsu. Right. For me, my off day is Sunday. Mm -hmm. Sunday, I spend jotting in my notebook, trying to come up with the itinerary for what we're going to teach in the following week. Right. Now that adjusts, because if I walk into a class and I'm going to teach barambolos. It happened today. Yeah, it happened today. Absolutely. I walked into a class. I was going to show uh, loop chokes, and I was going to show an Ezekiel choke. But I liked showing the loop choke. So we mm -hmm. adjusted, and we showed another loop choke from another position. Mm -hmm. I adapt to that. But I have a notepad because I like to have a curriculum. I like to have a structure. Yeah. I like to have something that keeps me guided on what we're going to learn, what we're going to do. And, and, and I think it's good for the students. Where would you get that from? 
Um, you know, I, I talked to Brian a lot. That's Brian helped yeah. me out with that. But I also talked to my wife a lot. And, you know, we just, I just look at her as a great, you know, she's, she's my, my teaching muse. You know, she, it's, it's going back to what you said about people coming in here and seeing that it's a family run business. Like it's almost like a family restaurant. You come in here and I've come in here on, on days I, I wasn't able to help with the kids class and it's you and Jackie out there on the mats and Jackie's. Not a jujitsu player. Not at all. She doesn't. She doesn't do jujitsu. She's. I mean, clearly she's. A, she's, she's a no stripe white belt. She's been around it because yeah. obviously she's been married to you for so long. Yes. You know, it's it's part of y'all's Today's life. Today's actually our anniversary. Eleven. Fucking congratulations. Eleven years. Eleven. That's amazing. Eleven man. years that's, we've been together. We've that's known phenomenal. each other since uh, 1991, but we've been married since uh, uh, 2011. And Perfect. she's in Florida right now with our kids and my sister and her mother and my sister-in-law. Okay. But that's how you know you found a good partner because they go to Florida on your anniversary. No, you don't have to celebrate all these superficial things the way they are. You know, the, my wife knows I love her. I yeah. know she loves me. Yeah. We don't need to have some sort of fancy pomp and circumstance. You know, sure. when she gets back, her and I will celebrate. Of course. You know, she can be- listen to this podcast and you're going to have to fight her off. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> But it's that's just because I'm a, a that's just because I'm a stud. That's fair, you know. Walking yeah. in and seeing her helping you with the kids' class out yeah. on the mat, it's just so cool because jujitsu is not her world, yeah. But it is her world because you're sure. involved in it, and both your daughters are involved in it. Absolutely. And her success is linked to your success, sure, and vice versa. And you guys make such a great team. And I am, I really, I got to be honest with you, Joe. I am so fucking envious of the relationship that you and your wife have and the family dynamic dynamic that you guys have. It really is an inspiration to me, especially to how I now moving forward, treat my wife and how I, you know, I, I love my daughter to death. Mm-hmm. I would jump in front of a train, but watching you with your kids in the jujitsu environment has helped me deal with my daughter in the jiu-jitsu environment sure. like this or and and the gymnastics environment and the swim class environment like at no point do i overemphasize anything yeah no matter how she does in any of her um endeavors she always asks me at the end she goes daddy did i do good i go i go Absolutely. did you have did you have fun she goes yeah i go did you try yeah then I'm proud of you. Then that's all that matters. Like, I don't care. You're not, you don't need to come home with medals and, and validation. It's the, uh, it's the results driven mentality that people take. Yeah. It's, I don't, I don't prescribe to that at all. No. Did you have fun? Do you enjoy it? Do you want to go back next? We can do it again. Yeah. Yes. If you say no, then let's not do it and let's go find something else. Find your passion. Yeah. I don't want you to feel like I don't ever want anybody i'm involved with to ever feel like they have to do something because of me sure because that's not how i operate Mm -hmm. i'm never going to do something just because i think it's going to please somebody else no absolutely and that may be a a uh a detriment to some aspects of my life it can be (laughs) in my life it is it can be in some cases but um I've always been one of those people that's like, if something clicks with me, I'm going to go full bore into yeah, it. You're passionate. And, and if you don't understand that, I'm not somebody who's going to try and sell anybody on it. Sure. I'm just going to be like, you don't understand. Mm-hmm. It's not your thing. And this is what I'm trying to work on with my wife. It's, it's you know, she doesn't understand the jiu-jitsu thing at all. Yeah. At all. 
she has no interest, zero interest in it. Mm -hmm. I could tell her I won ADCC finals in Abu Dhabi. Right. She'd be like, "How much did it pay? Uh, okay. Nothing." No, she's not even gonna say. It. She can be like, "He proud of you." Yeah, it's like you know, no, like, yeah. I could win the most. Like, hey, I just beat Gordon Ryan in a Nogi fucking who's number one match. She'd be like, yeah. "Cool, wow, who's Ryan Gordon?" Right, it's like, yep, yeah, got it. Sweet belt, zero interest, <laughs> zero sweet belt, <laughs> zero interest. Yep, but I try and say, okay, I'm going and I'm training six, seven days a week, mm -hmm. six to eight hours a week. I'm spending involved in this. What can I do to afford her the opportunity to go find something she wants to do? Sure. And I'm having such trouble with that because I don't know, because I'm, I, like we talked about, I'm one of those people, I find something, I click, I'm all in. Right. Jiu-Jitsu yeah. has become that. I switched from strongman to jiu-jitsu. Right, you went from all in strongman well, let's face it. You went from all-in mixed martial arts, all-in strongman, then all-in jiu-jitsu. Right. I want my wife to find that same thing. Mm -hmm. And I, it, it, I want to make sure my I, I've I've evolved through mm -hmm. the the therapy, and you know talking with my friends and seeing their relationships, especially you and your wife. Yeah. Just how can I afford? I have to. I have to take my enthusiasm for jujitsu and I have to kick it back 10% because if I just let it consume me, right. I'm going to drive her away because she's going to feel like she doesn't have the opportunity to go explore herself. Sure. So now I make sure that I'm like, hey, Runa and I are going to go do jujitsu. We're going to be out for two hours, three yeah. hours, whatever. Go have you time. Go have you time. Go do something. Yeah. And at first, I was getting upset when I'd come home and she's watching TV. I'd be like, yeah. you just squandered two hours watching fucking TV. Sure. And it, it finally clicked with me. It's like, no, not everybody's you, Chad. And that's her time. Yeah, exactly. You fill your time with physical activity. If mm -hmm. you have down, I, there's something, there's a wire crossed sure. in my head. If I, I feel guilty about sitting down on the couch and watching an hour and a half episode of Stranger Things. Sure. I go. I just don't like that show. Oh, you could have gone downstairs. You could have done a full kettlebell workout, deadlifts, bench press. You could have done a full functional strength because the guys you're going to face at New Haven, IBJJF, that's what they're doing. Yeah. They're not watching Strange Things. They're not eating Cheetos. It's like... Right. Well, ultra heavyweight, they might be eating Cheetos. Right, exactly. But it's like, that's my head. No, it's I know. Like, I know like your mentality. I have to... Oh, you have free time? Yeah. Oh, you better do something to better yourself. Right. You have to. You can't... And that's... And I neglect the dishes, I neglect yep. laundry, I neglect this, I neglect that. Mm -hmm. And my wife's going to crazy home. She's like, I'm cleaning everything. You're not doing anything. You're downstairs flipping around fucking kettlebells and trying to strangle right. your friends. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand. I've got a, like, I've got right. this neurosis in my head that I have to be better than everybody else. Sure. And I've come to the realization that I need to dial that back 15 to 20% and be like, mm -hmm. it's okay to have a day off and not work out. Yes. It's okay to be like, oh. Runa's having a temper tantrum. She didn't sleep well last night. Sarah's stressed out completely right. over dinner. Don't put the gi on and go to jujitsu. Right. Stay home. Help with dinner. You know, and it's taken, it's taken Sarah looking at me and going, are you really going to fucking jujitsu right now? 
Yeah. And I, the problem is I immediately get defensive. Yeah. Because it comes off as like, oh, you're attacking me. Well, I got to attack you're you You're taking away my outlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like I have to, I have to, I have to step back and go. <sighs> well, you almost have to make it so that jiu-jitsu is your reward. Is this, is this the hill I want to die on? Yeah. Is, this, is going to gi class one time this week, mm-hmm. is it worth me creating, building more resentment in my marriage? Right. No, it's not. No, it's not at all. No, it's I'm going to take these fucking pants off. I'm going to put sweatpants on. I'm yep. going to help with dinner. I'm going to take Runa. I'm going to take the dogs for I'm a gonna walk. I'm going to do the I'm dishes. Gonna... I'm going to do whatever it has to take. I no. have, I have, that is such an important thing I've learned mm-hmm. to bring it down a notch. Yep. I've spent so much of my life in a competitive nature. And I think this comes from being a bullied, fat kid. Mm-hmm. That when I found... Did you go to a big school? I, I changed schools a lot. Okay. Because my father was uh, in the military yeah. and then uh, was in uh, hospital administration. Okay. So he moved around a lot with different hospitals who needed help okay. getting their shit in order. So we, I mean, we moved around a lot. Yeah. And I never really laid down roots until I got... New York is the longest I've ever lived in a spot. Okay. I've lived here since 03. Yeah, because I was going to say, I remember you always tell me Arizona was... Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah, or I'm sorry, New Mexico. I lived there for four years. I lived in North Carolina for eight years, but okay. I lived in two different places in North Carolina. So it's it's it was being the new kid constantly. Yeah. I was always being the new kid. Yeah. And then when I finally got to high school junior year, I sprouted like four inches, but I was still just a fat stoner. Yeah. You know what I mean, it didn't really change until I got to college. And it's like, oh, I need to get in shape. And right. I found physical fitness. I found rugby. I found lacrosse. I found... Right. Outlets. Outlets. Um, but I, I, I now have to constantly remind myself that not everybody is me. Mm-hmm. And I'm also not constantly competing against everybody else. Sure. And if somebody needs... Uh, putting myself above everybody else is not beneficial sure and knowing especially now having my daughter who is now four who is her own little person it's easy to put yourself first with a baby in a bassinet right they're not doing anything they're shitting and crying and eating right you still give them love you hug them repeat everything else but it's like you're not really no you they don't require a whole lot. They're not really giving a whole lot other right. than crying, whining. Right. And you, know. you still you still love them to death. Absolutely. You, you lay down in front of a train form. But now that she's four and she has her own interests, mm-hmm. I get such a charge from watching her get stoked about gymnastics. Yeah. Or swim class. Yeah. Or yeah, fucking jumping around on a trampoline. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Or Or she... She now likes to put on performances for the wife and I. Perfect. She'll run around and dance and sing. And it's like, I get such... Yeah, you get a kick out of I it. I get a charge yeah. out of it. It's like, oh my God, she's so stoked about this. And it's helped me realize, okay, I can be 80%. I don't mm-hmm. need to be 100%. Yeah. And 80% that, is still very good. Yeah. And, and that 20%, I can now bring down another 10% and go to 30%, yeah. go to 70% and give 15% to my wife and be like, hey... Go do something. Go find something. Yeah. Go, go, figure out something. And she hasn't found it yet. She hasn't figured it no, out yet. But she will. And that's frustrating for she me. She will because that's different than how I operate. Sure. But but look at it. Look at it like this. You're very fortunate in that you know exactly what you like. You like physical based 
fitness oriented activities. I love constant struggle. I love the friction. Right. And I, but the, the wild thing is, I'm not a confrontational person. No, I know. I'll, I, I'm, I always say you're a relatively gentle giant. Yeah, but in, it's, it's, I need that friction. I need that fight. I need that resistance in my life because otherwise I become angry. I mm-hmm. become moody. I become, uh, I become, an, as my wife described it, I become an ogre. Yeah. And it's not fun to live with an ogre. And I understand that because I, I'll tell you right now, days that I don't train, I definitely feel that bubbling up. I get a little short on certain things, and I definitely understand that. You feel you're, like you're failing. No, I, I, it's not failure. I just maybe that's me. I'm. Projecting. I just feel like I haven't gotten my outlet for my energy. Right. You know what I mean. I feel like I just haven't been able to get all this whatever emotion I may have. I feel like I haven't been able to get it right. out. I feel like it's just festering. And that pressure release valve hasn't been And hit. sometimes it festers as anger. Sometimes it festers as, you know, you know, just nothing. You know, it's just, it's not always constant. But I definitely have had those moments like that. Um, I'm very fortunate my wife has seen me when I wasn't doing anything. You know, I was a former athlete in high school. You know, I was a basketball player. I was a soccer player. I was a golfer, a baseball player. I kind of, I come from a very small school. That's why I asked you the question about type of school you came from you know i came from a very small school i came from multiple everything. schools yeah everything see my school like 28 kids was my graduating class okay very no, never that small very small so you know I, I i come from a different world so sometimes I, I you know my wife saw me when i was at my peak of athleticism and she also came from that world too right she you did. guys went she to was, school yeah, together we were yeah. in the same class same graduating class um although we did not date then um we didn't really date until junior year in college but you know that was that's a whole other story for a whole other podcast but sure. we'll have her on at some point well she i will tell you right now she would be a very interesting podcast because she's a very um she's a very very smart woman she's a very very dedicated woman to her teaching profession but i think to be honest with you i would love to hear her and yogi talk Mm-hmm. Because my wife is uh, has a lot more conservative base, but she's also been within the teaching system for like 15 years, where I feel like sometimes Yogi has a little bit more of a obviously a, a left leaning base, um, and he's been in the teaching system for a shorter period of time. He, I'd be I'd be interested to see their their dichotomy there. I think it would be interesting. I, I agree. I think it's two different worlds though, because he is. Dedicated to special ed. Sure. These kids are. I. We had to stop a podcast once. I remember because he got a crisis. Because he call got a crisis from call. one of his yeah. students, and I was. I don't want to. No, you don't give any details. No, or no anything I'm not like going to give any details. But but I was in the vicinity while he was taking the crisis call, mm-hmm. and it broke my fucking heart. Yeah. To listen. Sure. To 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 just to just hear the one side of the conversation from this girl who's calling. She can't even refer, she can't even call a friend or a family member. She has to call her special ed teacher. Sure. To be like, I'm in a very bad situation and I don't know what to do. I, I think you'd be shocked how not uncommon that is even at the high school level for non-special ed. I, I agree, but it's, I, I, I can only go by what I've experienced. Yeah. And, and listening to that, I'm like, I just, I wanted to go find this person. And just hug And them. just hug them and be like, yeah. I will... Trust me, Jackie's had some. I'll some, burn. I'll burn whoever 
whatever structure down you need to help yeah, you feel Jackie's safe. had some kids. Um, my wife has had some kids that their, their at-home situations are literally like you just want to – I've told her. I'm like, they can live with us. Yeah. Just have them come up. I don't care. They, they yeah. can live with us. Well, you drive them to school every morning. They can live with us. I don't care. It doesn't – you know, that kid needs to be out of that situation. Mm-hmm. Like she's she's had some heartbreaking situations, man. So she, I, you know, she's seen a lot of shit too. And, and yeah, no, I'm not I, discounting her. I'm just no, I, I just, just I think it would be very interesting to see those two get together. Yes, I, I completely agree. And her, her 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 she loved the adaptive phys ed. She's a physical education teacher. She loved the adaptive style, and she does a phenomenal job. I don't know what that is. It's adaptive is basically just like special ed phys ed. Okay, it's uh, it's it's how you adapt it to kids who mm. have. You know, disabilities or, or sure. you know, certain things that just are kind of prohibiting them from having a, a normal experience. Right. The, the, the quote unquote normal experience. Um, I got to pause real quick because I have to pee like that's a right. bastard. That's so all right. We'll be right back. And we're back. Everybody's 10 pounds lighter. Oh, sweet baby Jesus. Yeah, it's, uh, um, I agree. It'd be, it'd be a good conversation. I, I would, I would. Yeah. I just, I just, I just found my way very interesting. I, think I would she, hope so. I think she's just she's just a super interesting person, and she's very very good at what she does. Mm-hmm. And I would I I learn a lot from her just on how I orchestrate within the confines of this gym. So right. I would really love to you know hear her with somebody else who's on a different perspective of the education system. Right. I would love to see them kind of you know what Hash they it out. yeah just what they what they see as being issues because you know i i obviously i i have a different perspective of the education system right as people who are inside of it i mean yeah. they see it firsthand i mean they know what's 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 up and and i'm just kind of a innocent bystander just watching it you know yeah so it, i think it would be i think it would be very interesting to see that and yeah. and jackie's also my wife is very um she's very very you know very good with her students, especially when it comes to, you know, a lot of struggles that kids are facing nowadays when it comes to, you know, gender stuff and, and just all in all, like her, her kids when, you know, it's, it's kind of funny cause I see the same things that we do with this gym, the same way she operates her soccer team in the sense that when you're on her soccer team, you're a part of her family. And if you need anything, you, you know, she's had kids who call them up, you know, Oh, Oh, this boyfriend broke up with me. And she's sitting on the phone for an hour talking to a kid about her boyfriend breaking up with him. It's mm-hmm. like, it's like, who does that? What, 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 what teacher does that? Like, I'm like, uh, I'm just in, I'm in awe of her. She's just, she's an amazing yeah. person. That's she, someone who's really invested. In, in she really is. People. And she just, she loves the kids. And, and I, I, if, if I could give half of what she gives to her students and her kids to what I give the kids here, then I think it's a unique experience they'll get at this gym, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, it's. Again, it's one of those things. You, you get a playbook from someone who, who knows what they're doing and who inspires you. And, and I'm very fortunate she does inspire me. Mm-hmm. And she's a phenomenal mother. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she is just unbelievable with our girls. There's mm-hmm. times where I'm like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. And she's just like, no, I got this. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just, it's wild. You know, it's just, it's unbelievable. There's certain people who, like we talked about Gordon Ryan, there's certain people who just have... I feel like their genetic disposition is for this certain thing they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And for her, it was meant to be a coach and a teacher. Mm-hmm. And she followed that to its core. And she's been doing that and living her dream for 15 years. And it's been unbelievable to watch. Yeah. We, we, unfortunately, we need more of those. Mm-hmm. We need more of those people invested in kids. We need more of those people invested in community. We need more of those people invested in, in every aspect. Mm-hmm. You know, we have... 
<clears throat> again, I go back to this hustle and grind mentality. It's like, okay, you can hustle and grind. You can fill your bank account all you want, but what are you doing for your community? Yeah. What? How are you building your community? How are you bettering your community? How many people can you, how many people, I can't count how many people I've talked to that, you know, I talk about the neighborhoods they live in. I ask them about the neighbors they live in. They don't know their next door neighbors. No, and that's sad. They don't, they don't know, like. And, I, and I'm going to give you credit. I'm going to give you credit because I listened to your podcast where you had mentioned that, how you know all your neighbors yeah. and how, you know, everybody within a certain range. And I've been trying to make sure that I make a better effort with my neighbors because I know all my immediate neighbors. I live in a small cul-de-sac. I live yeah. in a cul-de-sac for people. So I know all those families. Mm -hmm. And then there's a house on the, on the corner that I know. And then another house on the corner, you know, I know my, all my immediates, but I'm right. starting to branch out a little bit. Um, just yesterday I met one of my neighbors that I have lived near for 11 years and I've never met him. Yeah. I've seen him. I've waved to him. Yeah. But I never met him. Right. Nice gentleman named Michael. Yeah. We were walking our dogs. His dog's a puppy. My dog's a puppy. Michael and I struck up a conversation. Yep. Michael's a great dude. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, he's an awesome dude. Yeah. And I'm really fortunate that I met Michael yesterday. Yeah. And I felt really good when I went to bed last night because I'm like, I met a cool new person. Yeah, exactly. And that was pretty awesome. You strengthen your community. And I don't know what Michael does for work. I don't know what Michael is does that for anything. You don't care how he votes. But you for that for that yeah. three minutes that Michael and I conversed, Michael was a good dude. Yeah. He was laughing. He was having a blast watching the dogs play together. And for me, that showed a lot of Michael's character. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited to learn more about Michael. Yeah. And I want to learn all about my neighbors. And I'm yeah. trying to do better at that. Well, this I think this community helps foster that. It does. Jiu-Jitsu fosters that. It's like, for, I, don't, I don't... For a long time, the, I had the, no the, reason to meet there my is, There is such... The differences between us are such trivial and mm -hmm. such... Are, are just so um, imaginary. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay... When we really get down to it, when we really strip away all the bullshit, what are we trying to do? Right. We're going to work. We're feeding our families. We're trying to be the best human beings we can possibly be. Obviously, mm -hmm. there's exceptions. But the people around us are just trying. We're, we're all doing the same thing. Yes. And the things that are so-called separating us are just words. Yeah. They're just – and they're not even – they're ideas, but they're not even good ideas. They're cultivated – Yeah. Psyops, They're manufactured bullshit. ideas. Yeah. You can look at what we do in life and what we do in jujitsu, and it's no different. We all have the same commonalities. Let's forget about all the other bullshit in our life, and let's just focus on what our commonality is. Yeah, you could take you could take the most far right person, mm -hmm. and you could take the most far left person, and you could sit them down, and you could tell them, "I only want you to talk about your day to day." Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you the similarities in your day-to-day -day are going to line up perfectly. It's shocking. And the only thing that's going to separate them is some sort of weird ideology they've been indoctrinated with. But in the end, it's like, oh, what you do 99% of your time is identical to what this other person yeah. does. Well, look at religions. It's the same thing. I, I know it's this is a, this is a whole <laughs> – I'm just saying. But if you look at religions – you know, you look at, you know, whether you look at Buddhists, you look at Hindu, you look at, you know, Catholicism, you look at Christianity, whatever it might be. At the end of the day, what's it about? Well, there's in Buddhists and Hindus, yeah. much less child rape than in Christianity and Catholicism. Fair enough. <laughs> I haven't seen any Buddhist schools being dug up with well, 3,200 you know skeletons of that, indigenous that child you know children of. in camp. Maybe, maybe they 
That's true. We only, I just can't see those little funny guys in, we're, in orange we're, pajamas. We're Catholics, and we only dig six feet deep. Maybe Buddhists dig eight. All right. Buddhists don't dig. We, we'll give us some time. Okay. Oh. <laughs> but I'm just saying. But if you look, if you look yeah. at any of those religions, the core is basically just be good, be a good person. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, if you really look at it, like you don't have to whatever entity you believe in. You know, the, you know whatever, pepper monster or pretzel monster or whatever. Flying spaghetti monster. Spaghetti monster, sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, or, or whatever god you believe in. Who cares? All that really matters is just be good. Well, be, be a good person. The problem is too many people care. I, yeah. Too many people care. Um, too many people want to be right. That's the issue. Yeah. Too you know people, Well, that's, and that's the thing. These are all. I watched Dogma again for the first time in a while. Oh, and I love that problem. fucking movie. The, the problem is we have such, it's too easy nowadays. It's too easy. And I don't want to sound like somebody who's like, oh, I used to walk uphill both you ways. And yeah. It's, it's. Back in my we've, day. We've lost what really matters. Mm-hmm. We've, we've so lost what really matters. We've so become dependent on what we, our thoughts now define us. And it's like, no. Yeah. Your actions define you. Absolutely. And you could be a complete, you could be a purple-haired wackadoo. Yeah. But you know what? If you're going home to your gender-fluid person of significance, yeah. and you're taking care of your gender-fluid children of non-disclosed gender, <coughs> and you're paying your bills, and you're going yeah. to work, and you're insuring foods on the table and clothes are on the back, then you know what? I have no problem and with And more importantly, you. if you're raising them to be accepting. And, you if know, you're just raising loving the people. Them. But I'm just if saying, like, if you're just moral ra- character, if you're just raising to be good people, like, listen, Yogi and I, and I wish Yogi was here. Yogi and I differ on a lot of things. But at the end of the day, I love Yogi. Mm-hmm. I think Yogi's a great guy. Mm-hmm. And if Yogi ever needed a favor, Yogi ever was in a bind, I'd be the first one to line up to help Yogi out. Second. We, well, second one, yeah, he behind first, behind you. But that's yeah. just because he calls me first. I, I, to be honest with you, I change my number a lot, so <laughs> so he probably just doesn't have the most recent digits. But uh, but yeah. But like you know, I mean, like uh, Yogi at, at his core is a great person. So I I love Yogi. I, I wish Yogi would come in here, so that Yogi and I could roll. I haven't rolled with Yogi in a long time. He's still he's 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 getting close. He's back to doing he doing the uh, I saw him doing morning classes was, at, at Brian's. Okay, I did see him doing a little kettlebell workout the other day. He's trying to he's he's this dude. Listen, I am I am so start, happy when you start fucking with the heart and stuff like that. No no no, no. it's not even the heart. I am just so happy that I had all the right people around me when I got into powerlifting and strongman mm-hmm. who showed me the correct way to do stuff Yeah, because Yogi is the, the <clears throat> textbook example of someone who did it on their own and was around idiots. Yeah. And he, yes men. He, no, no, not yes men, just idiots like who just had no idea what they were doing. Like I always sought out experts in what I was trying to do. Right. No matter what I was doing, I always tried to find the best people to show me how to do it. Right. And luckily I found John Pat, I found Albany Strength, um, I found Sean Cullinan, I found world-class powerlifters in upstate New York yeah. to show me how to lift properly and how to program properly. And they saved my spine. Yes. They saved my knees. They saved my shoulders. They saved all of my integral parts. Mm-hmm. Yogi, on the other hand, just lifted and lifted with Jim Bro idiots. And fucked up his back, Be- uh, got hip tilt, got um, uh, created. Um, he had a an imbalance, like a dysplasia or something. No, like that? he had he created a, he, somehow he created an imbalance in his body and his back that created 
atrophy in certain small functional muscles oh, God. that once it got diagnosed, now he has to, this is why he hasn't rolled in a while, because he has to go back and he has to build up because the body just, instead of fixing it, just goes, okay, fuck, these aren't working. We have to now bypass this. Yeah. Shut like her down, go around it. The muscles are still healthy. Yeah. But just this imbalance, the body's like, we just have to survive. Yeah. If this idiot's going to keep deadlifting this way or pressing yeah. this way or whatever, right. we're just going to have to survive. So he has an imbalance on one side, which has caused him to have neck problems and all this other stuff. And now he's finally, through functional fitness training, has gotten back to the point where he can now roll Good. without serious injury. When he came back the first time, I got him in one of my classic cradles or something. Yep. And his neck was fucked. It's like, God damn it. You know, like just, mm. and so it's, it's, it's been this long process, but I'm so thankful that my neurosis yeah. is like, oh, I want to do this hundred percent. Yeah. Let Who's me go the find best? the best people Who's to, the best? to show me how to do this. So I don't fuck it up from yeah. the ground floor. And, uh, Yogi's finally getting over that. And now he can finally get back to doing what he loves, training jujitsu yeah, and lifting kettlebells and just kind of living his life without pain, without issues. That's good. So he's, yeah, he's, obviously I'm rooting for him. I love Yogi. I yeah, think, he'll be, you know, he's he'll a good be, dude. He'll be back on the mats. When he was making cupcakes for people, I was one of the people who got a cupcake. Oh dude. Can we cupcake? talk about, it was a good cupcake. Can we, oh, it was a good amazing cupcake. cupcake. Can we talk about how we got such awkward looks from the rest of people when he'd bring in the single individual cupcakes well, yeah, and give it to you know what people. honestly like, it was a little like, fun it was is this a little giant funky. man giving other giant men cupcakes but again like, I, I don't yeah, think bro i don't think it was weird because it was a giant man giving other giant man cupcakes i think it was weird because in jujitsu it's very out of character because you're used to like you're not used to being like all right let's get on the mats let's go train and then all of a sudden someone hands you a heart cupcake i would have I would train more if I got a hard cupcake every time I No, I listen, I'm not going to say the cupcake wasn't good. The cupcake was fantastic. Amazing. Shout out to Yogi. That's a great cupcake. I was probably one of the people who gave him like the weird eye, like, really? You're bringing me a cupcake? But it was just so out of strain. I mean, listen, I've trained with a lot of people in my life. I've trained with probably thousands of people. I've been handed a cupcake by one person. Right. He just happened to be six foot five. 300 pounds. Covered in tattoos. Covered in tattoos. So it was, it was a little jarring. So it's not that it was a, you know, oh my gosh, oh, men can't cook cupcakes. That's bullshit. It was just more of like, yo, like the guy who you would think was like the mean bouncer from Roadhouse just handed me a cupcake. Mm -hmm. This is a little out of character. Give me a second so my brain can process this. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I, like he's, no he's questions. the villain ate, in a lot of movies. I just ate the cupcake cause it was delicious. No, I know. But you know, he's, he's the villain in a lot of, uh, a lot of diehard movies. Sure. You know, sure. as opposed to, you know, the guy who makes John McClane a cupcake. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, so it was just, sometimes you have to take a second and be like, it wasn't jarring for the fact that it was, it was, you know, someone giving me a cupcake and this is some sort of weird statement about men and giving gifts to men. Right. This is more about just like. The guy who looks like a villain in Mike Tyson's Punch Out just handed me a heart cupcake with an, a Hershey Kiss in it. Yeah, and it's 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 a great cupcake, but it's just a little. Yeah, you know, it's a little, no, I get it. A little, a little, a little taken back by it. I get it. I get it. Um, so, uh, I'm almost out of battery. Okay, we're out of beer. That's fine. And uh, this yep. has been awesome. Plenty in my house too. So. I am so happy that uh, <laughs> that we uh, 
we come back a month in, man, and it's just, I love, I love seeing my friends successful. I really do. It really, it really jazzes me up. I really enjoy celebrating my friends' successes. You, Brian, um, I'm so stoked to see what Champ does with with his new restaurant. No, oh, that's going to succeed. Um, I, I'm an, I will personally make that place succeed. Yeah, because no, that ab- food is absolutely. But it's just, I, I just, I'm actually nervous. I'm not going to be able to get in there. Like he's going to sell yeah, out every day me before too. I can get there. But it's just, it's so cool, man. To all my friends who just, just, I just see every day people succeeding and and just making themselves better and doing what they want to do and making it their life. And it's just. I'm really happy for all of you, and I, I really, uh, I really uh, can't wish you any more than I could on just your success. And I think it's amazing. Well, you don't so. have to wish it because you've showed it. You've showed your support. You've brought your daughter in. You've trusted me to teach your daughter. You've come and helped out classes, and uh, you know it's it's been it's been great having you here. I definitely miss you when you're not here. Yeah, it's well, and, it's, I, and I know life gets in the way, and, and I do not expect you to be here for every kid's class. That's an unrealistic expectation. But anytime you want to come, you are more than welcome, and I, and I love having you there. I think you're great with the kids. Mm. You know, it's 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 great for them too to have, you know, two bigger dudes instructing them because I think that they get a chance to see how we can be. We can be tough but tender. We can be all sorts of different emotions. We can be happy for them. We can discipline them, and I think it's a good mix for them. But I, I, I love having you here. I can't help you enough for the help you've given me to help get this place open yourself. That was a lot of helps in one sentence, bud. I know. I know. <laughs> Your help, PJ's help. This was, um, yeah, it's, it's... All sorts. All, all the support that has been given has been great. This is not a one person show don't just because it says clobber jiu-jitsu don't think it's just me it's my entire network of family friends um this is this is what we're trying to build we're trying to build a community here and um we wouldn't have it without guys like you so thank you i appreciate it man i'm really again i am so stoked and jazzed for your success give everybody the address and the phone number absolutely well i'm not going to give the phone number because that's my personal phone number okay don't do that but i'll give you it's a clobber jiu-jitsu at 333 delaware avenue in delmar new york right near the four corners you can find us at uh clobber jiu-jitsu.com you can find us on social media at clobber jiu-jitsu academy um so everybody come on down if you want if you've ever trained jiu-jitsu if you've never trained jiu-jitsu if you ever thought about training jiu-jitsu Come on down, say hi, and uh, we're part of an amazing affiliate with Brian Beery Jiu-Jitsu. So you're, you're going to be part of the family, and uh, I'd love to have you down here. I'd love to help you, and more importantly, you know, just, I hope you can find the, the love and, and the, the comfort in Jiu-Jitsu that I have found in my life because it really has changed my life, and I hope it can help other people in their life. And, it's, and honestly, I, I want to I stress this because people always ask me about the cost and everything. Brian Beery Jiu-Jitsu or Clobber Jiu-Jitsu, you come in, you can sign up for a free seven-day trial, and you can hammer out a whole week of class. You could come three times a day, seven days for that free trial, and see if you really like it. You can really, and if you don't, and if it's not for you, then that's cool, but you've still tried it. But I guarantee if you come to either one of those schools and try that seven-day free trial, you're going to fall in love because just you have some of the best people around teaching you your kids your friends and it's such a great community and it's such a boon for mental health and positivity and teaching humility 
and I just I can't say enough about it. It's changed my life, and uh, I'm just so grateful for people that have been in. And I really, I, I really genuinely love you and Brian as just as just friends and 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 compatriots. So, no. thank you. Absolutely. Um, yeah, find us on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast, uh, like, rate, and subscribe. Uh, if you have any questions or comments or complaints, uh, beautifulbarbarians at yahoo.com. We love you all, and we will see you later. Bye.